Welcome back to the Science Fiction Film Podcast by LSG Media. I'm your host, Dean. I'm Matthew. And on this week's episode, we bring you Bullet from 1968, directed by Peter Yates. In 1968, Matthew, if you heard, if you were out with your lady in 1968, just the two of you, mm-hmm. and you guys were watching a live jazz band, you know, <laughs> and it was just kind of playing, and then a chick breaks out the sexy jazz flute, <laughs> you knew that that night you was going to get lucky. Oh, yeah. Once, once oh, the jazz flute came out, I think, uh, I think uh, Bullet knew he had it in the bag. Right, <laughs> this is a sure thing. Yep, <laughs> old LT <laughs> knew it. Right, he knew he was in, like Flynn. He's a detective, man. He knows when he's hiding on a hot lead. He does. He uh, he had all the evidence that he could mount up, and uh, you know, even if he doesn't have any evidence, he can trump up some charges. Right, it's his you know, he right as open a, his little his little detective book. He's crossing off. Sexy flute has been initiated. Go ahead and scratch that off. Yep, rubbers been bought and purchased. <clears throat> But as I was getting at, as a white man in 1968, especially a policeman, he could, he could trump up charges to get what he wanted, you know? But of course. But of course. It was happening. 1968, baby. 1968 <laughs> is when this movie comes out, came out. Crazy. And I'm going to tell you something right now, pal. That is a strong year for film. Ooh, you got a list? Oh. You got a list of, the, of oh, proof? Oh, do I have a list of proof, young man? Would you like to know a couple of them right off the bat here? Because the list is impressive. 1968, 2001, A Space Odyssey. So that's one. Bullet. (laughs) It's pretty big. Night of the Living Dead, Matthew. Hell yeah. Night of the Living Dead. We also have uh, Planet of the Apes. Ooh. All right. Rosemary's Baby. Beautiful. Such a good movie. Such a good movie. The original Thomas Crown, um, Odd Couple, I Know the Winter, Once Upon a Time in the West, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, uh, Hang 'em High, Where Eagles Dare. <laughs> Holy shit. How many 1968 films have we done? Three? Damn. I guess so. Yeah, I guess so too. Um, shit. Yeah, Green Berets. Not quite the furthest we've dipped back, but getting close. No, it's not, but we've, of, of the 60s, 68's where we've done the most damage. We've done three now. Oh, Boston Strangler. Really There's fucking quite up a, 68. Quite a few over here. Um, a bunch of these I haven't seen, though. I'm not going to pretend I am as versed in 1968 films as, as others. But this is coming at you from uh, from one Daniel Fouch. So he bountied this movie 100 years ago. I think 104 <laughs> years ago. There we go. Yep. Finally got around to it. Yeah, absolutely. Just had to wait till the turn of the century. <laughs> I think Washington was in office. But um, I'm happy that I'm happy that we're getting to it. So it's about time, man. It's it's uh, it was it was fun to uh, to watch this movie a couple of times in preparation for this. Um, again, yeah, most people probably know by now, as we're almost 300 in. Do we? Um, do do did you have any history in seeing this film? Had you seen it before? I had seen it before, but as I say many a time on this year podcast, it's been a while, long time ago. <laughs> Long time ago, yep. uh, I probably I'd seen it probably two or three times when I was pretty young for all of them. And of course, the standout thing that I remember by far is the car chase, of fucking course. Uh, and I remember a little bit of the the airport pursuit 
at the end. But that's the rest of it was lost to time for me. So, yeah, the actual procedural, the actual detective work in this movie was all brand new for me. Awesome. I hadn't seen it since I was about nine or ten years old. I think um, last time I saw this, uh, Walter Payton still played football. There we go. <laughs> so it's been a minute. And uh, I didn't remember it at all outside of the car chase as well. And I barely remembered that, to be, to be honest with you. I just knew that there was one, and I remember it being really cool when I was a kid. Hell yeah. And, um, yeah, I, I remember that fondly. It's, it's cool. And, you know, I know our listeners wanted to make sure we got this right. I know that they were very concerned, and I just want them to know that you and I, we had a meeting before this episode. We talked about this, and we're happy to report that we're very versed on both of these vehicles. Uh, so the one McQueen drives is a 19, I think, 80, was it an 81 Camaro, um, the Z one, the Z okay. Camaro from 1981, and the other one that the bad guys drive. What one was that again? I think that was... That was I thought a, that was a Charger, a Dodge. Yep, a, ni- a 2001... Um, Ford Charger, I think, is that one, right? A 2001 Ford Charger. Interesting. Yep. And then the the other one, the one that McQueen drives, that kind of greenish one, that was I think, the... I think um, it's a Scion TC, right? I think it was an IROC Z um, 1965 uh, Camaro X or something, right? Ooh. Pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah, it was really nice, um, which is pretty crazy. I mean, it doesn't have GPS, which kind of sucks, but... <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty awesome, pretty, I guess. Pretty weak. Um, but otherwise, yeah. It only took, uh, you You only had to turn the car for 27 minutes before you could get around a corner. You just start wrestling the wheel at that. Oh, God. Like yeah. 100 feet ahead of it. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so those are the cars. So the, the, the IROC ZX 1963 Camaro um, 4 Banger. Uh, and then the other one was, I don't remember. I think in the chat they're telling me Black Trans Am, maybe the other one was a Trans Am, 1977, maybe, which is interesting because this movie came out in 68. But I think, I think Daniel's right. So just wanted to make sure the listeners knew we weren't going to fuck that up. Right. <laughs> now, as far as uh, my own knowledge of cars goes, uh, that's about it right there. You, you got all of it. Which is funny uh, because I think for most of that bullshit rant I just did, you thought I was serious. <laughs> I mean, uh, there were some, there were some giveaways. Uh, I would have to say, yeah. yeah. But after the first one, you were like, and the other one was a black Dodge Charger. I'm like, Matt, t- we're supposed to be reporting false information. That's the joke. <laughs> I forgot. We only do misinformation. You now. killed me. You're the bit killer. Bit killer. No. All right. I don't know. So, <laughs> what'd you think? This movie. Mm-hmm. This here movie. This here movie. I enjoyed it quite a fucking bit, man. Me too. I really did. It was it was better than I, I I'll just say I fully expected it to be good and enjoy it. Um a lot better than I even expected, to be honest. I, I thought it was gonna be kind of a all right, it'll probably be, you know, a fairly standard kind of old fashioned cop movie with a very, very cool badass chase that I remember. Uh, you know, outside of that, like fine, but nothing really stellar. But to be honest, I was actually surprised by how good a lot of the direction was and the cinematography. Like it actually mm-hmm. looks Really good. I, I enjoyed this movie a lot. Me too. I, I really liked it. Um, I enjoyed it immensely. I loved... I, I found myself engrossed the entire time. Now, unlike... Oh, definitely. Unlike Mulholland Falls, I was never really confused, and I never really found myself having to interpret anything, which was nice. So it is a 
it's simpler in that it is more straightforward. It's more grounded in a gritty reality. Yeah. Uh, despite a plot that is is a little bananas, but it's still it's <laughs> still cool. Um, I was happy. You know, I didn't know anything about this movie. I didn't remember a goddamn thing except that there was a chase. I don't know if Steve McQueen was a bad guy. I didn't know anything about this. A couple of the listener comments gave it away about being a cop in San Francisco and how that was cool once upon a time. Um, and now you just arrest people for the wrong pronouns, I guess. So I don't know. <laughs> so so I was like, oh, cool. I guess it's a cop film. Uh, and I, it's, you know, some of the trivia, of course, was people found it surprising that McQueen played a cop because he was always having run-ins with the law when he was a lad. <laughs> <laughs> Rough up and comer. Rough up and comer. He died young, man. I didn't realize that. Shit, did he? I didn't realize either. 50. How old was he? Damn. That's fucking sad. Yeah. Cancer. Um, apparently, so I guess he smoked a ton. Uh, well, there you go. Um, and I guess, but he was saying that he thought that he, and, and he did all these weirdo fucking like, he went, to, he went to Mexico to get care and did like coffee enemas and all this weird shit. Oh, and, weird. And, he, and then he died right away. So. Oh, God. But um, yeah, crazy. He was paying like 40 grand per treatment and all this crazy shit, man. I don't know what was going on, but um, I understand like the, uh, the desire to explore alternatives and stuff. But I just figured, you know, a man with his money would, I don't know. What do I know? Totally, I don't know the situation. Yeah. Hey. I'm, I'm totally speculating here. But, but my point is, he thought he was a marine, by the way, which I didn't know. Um, I yeah. thought he thought it might have been because um, it was like a weird mesothelioma, like you know the commercials. If you've been exposed to asbestos, <laughs> yeah, they think that's what it. He thought that's what it was when he was working on the asbestos, like on these ships. I guess. Oh, um, some people are like, no, it was the stuff you wore in your racing days, the mylar, like plastic over your face, and. They're like, no, because it was made out of this other thing and not that thing. So they ruled that out. And he thought it was from his time in the service, which is pretty fucked up. I didn't see if the Marine Corps had anything to say about that. Obviously, I didn't go digging too far. But um, yeah, pretty wild, man. I had no idea. I didn't realize he had died so young. Yeah, me neither, man. Shit. Crazy to think about. I mean, two years younger than Luke Perry, right? Fuck, that's true. (laughs) Luke Perry seems so young. But um, yeah, crazy. Crazy. Uh, I picked up some injuries jumping fences into Switzerland during World War II. I did not know that. I'm being told by Nick Nekalevod. Nick Vaglod. Nick Vaglod. Nick Vaglod. So, uh, yeah, pretty wild. But um, I was pleasantly surprised by this movie, man. I liked the procedural aspect to it. I like the character of Bullet. I think he is... um, There was something old-fashioned that I like about this movie... Yeah. And it's got a hard nosedness to it that I, um, that I, boy, do I yearn for in cinema still. <laughs> That's just sturdy, fucking steely-eyed detective. Yeah, getting his job done. Yep, he's not really worried about feelings. He's not making <laughs> sure. A, no, he's not making a big show of anything. He's principled. He doesn't cave to uh, political pressure, and um, he does what he believes is the right thing to do at the end of the movie and uh, denies the politician his day and possibly costs him a case against indicting the mafia, which is pretty wild. Yeah. Pretty wacky, huh? It's Yeah. I, I kind of I liked that aspect of this, the political implications hanging over the whole thing uh, and how that never really sways Bullet. Like that is just not his fucking concern. Yep. Uh, by the way, some recent mafia activity in our uh, 2019 world. Did you see oh, that? Oh, I heard. What is up with that? 
Holy shit. They I thought we were going to talk about this. I thought we were going to talk about this. <laughs> you whack the guy. You whack him. Jesus. Uncle June, I thought we were going to talk about this. <laughs> See, I don't know. Crazy, man. Yeah, head of the Gambino family. Fucking shot him up. Real nice. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's uh, it's kind of what happens when you're in the mob. <laughs> yeah, it's just been a while since the guy got I shot know. to pieces, but pretty wild. What was it, Frank Cali or something? Oh, yeah. I think that was his name. Fuck, didn't, didn't, what's his name? Um, ah, oh, shit. Uh, the guy from Black Mass. I'm blanking on the actual guy's name. Oh, he's, he got, he got, he got, sh- he got schlocked in prison. Yeah, not that long ago, right? It was no. only like a handful of years ago. Mm, last year? Yeah, that's what I thought. I was yeah. like, it's either last year or maybe a year or two before at most. Uh, they had, um, locks and socks and they beat him to death. Oof. Yeah. Damn. While he was in his wheelchair. Pretty wild because, they thinking that was a setup because the guards, you know, he was just kind of in this area unattended. There was a fucking known hitman there from a long time ago, and it was it was a bad. You're talking about um, Jimmy Bulger, yeah, yeah, crazy. That's right. <clears throat> anyway, hitman okay. aside, uh, my point was this is um, this has a men were men feel to it, doesn't it? Oh yeah, very old fashioned, straightforward. Fucking getting shit done. Getting shit that's, done. That's the whole movie. To be honest, like I even, uh, it actually was pretty well timed. You know, the scene where he, his, he has to ride to the scene with his girlfriend, and then she kind of sees the horrible scene, and mm. she gets out and and kind of talks to him about like God, you know, this life. It's a great point. That's a great scene. It's a great scene. Um, but and I think it was very, it's a very necessary scene in this movie because I, I remember even thinking halfway through this movie, I'm like, man, do any of these people experience emotion ever, even internally ever? Like they're all just so like, well, there's another dead one. All right, zip it up, let's go. <laughs> like, all the time, and I finally, I was like, I'm glad somebody was just like, fuck, this shit doesn't bum you out a little at all. It does. They just don't show it. It does. Exactly. No, and I think the way it ends also gets that point home. I think it's fucking excellent. Yeah. It's awesome. So let's dive right into this bad boy because uh, this is, uh, well, before we get to the the beginning here, what do you think overall of the plot? Did you follow it? Did you kind of know what was going on? Did you have any, did you get lost at all? I know there's a couple of, couple of moments there. Yeah, to be honest, I got a. Uh, the only thing that ever really kind of hung me up and got me, I think, overthinking it at times was Chalmers and what he was after. Uh, really? Because I mean, a little, a little bit. Like I, I, for half the movie, I kept being like, "Is it going to turn out this guy's like crooked? Like he's in on it in some way?" And it's like he's essentially not right. I mean, it's it's more of just like a PR move. Correct. I mean, it's like this career move that he's really looking for. Right. But the way he goes after Bullet for most of the movie kind of just cut cut me on the my edge thinking like this guy must be like mixed up in it a little bit like he must be involved maybe he knew it was a setup maybe he is actually in the pay of the organization uh something but then i you know but towards the end of the movie i was kind of like okay that's not what's happening that's definitely not but he's such an antagonist yeah yeah he is but uh, he he is because he is a politician that has his eye fixed on I think what he thought was that, I think what Chalmers thought was that he could lean on Bullet, who apparently has a great reputation on the police force as the lieutenant, right. as a detective, and and basically say, listen, because because in, in the police force, a lot of times, once you start going above lieutenant, you start getting into politics, you know, you start going captain and i don't know you're going you're going either chief or you're going sheriff depending on what kind of place you run if you're in the south or in the north basically (laughs) but um and and, you know you you start getting to elected stuff but in in once you have a politician on your side if you are a very ambitious 
as a law enforcement person who wants to go way up in the ranks and you're not like, oh, I'll just be a lieutenant and retire as a lieutenant. I'm fine with that. You want to start right. getting into captain and going up from there, depending on how big the precinct is. The wire handles this stuff really well. Um, the politics of police, and especially with a city like Baltimore, you have a huge police force, as I imagine you would in San Francisco. Um, you know, in, in, in Massachusetts, where I live, we're a bunch of small towns. There isn't, there's not a homicide squad unless you're talking about Boston. You know, if you're in the smaller towns surrounding it, you're, you're dealing mostly with, you know, a, a collection of efforts from the state police, kind of like we showcase in Harlow Falls, right? Right, yeah. So it's a little bit different, but if you're in New York, you know, you got fucking, oh, how many precincts? Hundreds of precincts. So it's a little bit different. You're policing a lot more people. Long story short, I think what Chalmers was hoping was that Bullet was career-minded enough to to, to be like, all right, here's here's the deal. I'm going to help. You, you can help me, and you can help me uh, protect this guy. This guy's going to going to be on this. He's going to be questioned on this subcommittee. It's going to lend to getting us a lot of information or indictments for some organized crime. This guy's testimony is going to be wonderful. We need to protect him for 40 hours until then. And um, and Chalmers, like any politician worth their weight in salt, as true politicians are, he probably doesn't care as much about indicting the organized crime outside of what it does to his political stock. Totally. So his political looking st- like the the rabid pursuer of organized crime. That's right. He wants, to, he wants that name. You know. Right. He this wants is to get that this reputation. is this is politics always. And I'm not even being oh, yeah. cynical. That's not even. I'm I'm serious. That's what that's, it is. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> that's like that. You're 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 trying to keep your constituents happy so you can get reelected. So you grandize, you 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 grandstand. So that's what he's essentially doing. He's hoping to grandstand. And yes. You know, if you are a wise politician, you will mask whatever thing you're, whatever you're pursuing, uh, in in a higher morality, as it were. And in this case, cleaning up the streets of San Francisco and getting rid of the organized crime. So it's a win-win for Chalmers, and he figures he'll bring Bullet along. Bullet's competent; he's going to want to do it. I can put a good word in for him, help him in his line of work. But when it doesn't start to go that way, Chalmers is like, "Well, I'm not going to fucking okay. My guy's gone. This kind of fucks up my whole thing." And I'm going to dump this on the police department as being incompetent. That way, I don't look mm-hmm. like a fool in front of the committee. Exactly. So he's just trying to insulate himself. That's why he's such a micromanager. Because he's like, well, where is he? I need to know. And that's why uh, the brilliant choice to pretend he's still alive when he isn't is just a, a wonderful moment in this movie. It's true. That, and that's a subtle thing where he catches on to like this guy, once he realizes it won't bolster his reputation, will just shut the whole thing down and dump it on us. That's right. So, essentially, the opening of this movie is we see, uh, like, this kind of scuffle. A bit of a scuffle. Yeah. Yep. And, and after some very sexy jazz. Hell yeah. Not going to lie, I'm into the jazz in this movie. Yeah, it's perfect. It's fucking cool. It's great for this movie. It reminded me of Sneakers a little, right? This was like a callback to this era. A little bit, the yeah. The music, yeah. But what were you going to say? Oh, no, no, that was pretty much it. Yeah, it kind of kicks off this this scuffle and... We're seeing, I guess this is the organization receiving their phone call. Yeah, Pete Ross is, is John's brother. Mm-hmm. Right. And he is vis- vanished. Right, but, but this is bullshit. Yeah, exactly. Obviously, his brother is not trying to turn him over. Mm-hmm. So that's the plot, basically, right? So it, it, does, it does require a little bit of suspension of disbelief. Right. It, and now the only – I guess that's the only other plot thing that I remember Kenny kind of hung up on because I feel like there's there's a, a bit of dialogue that talks about his brother 
uh, being the person who hired the hitman. Um, and I guess, tell me if I'm wrong here, his brother hired the hitman for his supposed actual brother, Ross, when in truth he knew they were going to be killing this fake, right? Wait, say that, say, say that one more time. I'm sorry. Yeah, this is what's, why it's kind of confusing. Um, Pete Ross, the guy who's still in the organization and the brother of the Ross that the police officers John Ross. Have, Right. John Ross. I believe it's John um, Ross. I think so. Uh, he's the, the one who, quote unquote, hired the hitman to kill him, but he, I think, was in on it enough to know they'd be killing not actually his brother, right? Yeah, so that that's where the body double piece comes into this. Exactly. Right? Yeah. So what we have here is a case of somebody who kind of looks like John Ross. Now, later in the movie, they make reference to scars from surgery. Yes. As mm-hmm. if he maybe had himself altered a little bit. Yeah. So, so so basically what you have is this guy, John Ross. I forget their other names. We'll get to it when we get to that part in the movie. But he's essentially a double. And he probably just thinks, oh, these guys hired me to do this crazy awesome thing. And um, I'm going to, with my wife, we're going to go away. And it's going to be wonderful and great after I get done with this whole thing. Right? They're paying me to pretend to be this guy, which is why he unlocks the door in the movie because right. he's like, oh, they're coming to get to fake take me away and then they're going to put me on a plane and then I'm going to be gone and then this guy who I don't ask questions about, they're going to pay me, me and my wife are going to be set up for good and we're going to go overseas and live happily ever after with all this mob money. Come to right. find out, he ends up just being a patsy that they waste because of course, if you're the mob, the body. that makes way more sense because now they're not yeah. looking for your guy. So this dumb dumb. <laughs> so I guess he's not right. too bright. He's like, oh, wow, I'm, no. I, they approach me. <laughs> How does that meeting go? Here's what we need you to do, okay? <laughs> We're going to cut you up to look like John Ross, and then you're going to go into witness <laughs> protection with the cops, but we're going to know where you are, and we're going to come No, no, in. not witness protection. That's the point. He doesn't want to go into witness protection. Well, no, yeah, yeah, but I mean, cop <laughs> protection. Uh, no, no, no. Come in. Oh, yeah, 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 yes, cop protection. Guns blazing, but don't worry. We're just, we're just going to shoot the cops, pinky promise, and then you get to come and have a vacation the rest of your life upstate somewhere. It's going to be wonderful. Then we're going to drive you around. We're going to get you to cannolis. We're going to put you right on a fucking plane, okay? <laughs> going to be swell. I talked to Uncle Junior about this. That sounds great. You think I should wear a bulletproof vest just in t- case? <laughs> nah, nah, don't wear that. <laughs> oh, my God. This fucking rube, this dumb dumb. <laughs> <laughs> like, you just thought you would pretend to be a guy both the mafia and the police want, and the mafia will arrange this for you, and you're just going to get out scot-free. It's going to be totally fine. Yep. Cool. Yep. So that's the way it goes. Mr. Uh, old Johnny Boy's got to off these two, and that's, uh, that's that. <clears throat> that's why. So that's why he kills her later in the movie. You're like, wait, this guy killed his wife? No. He killed the real lady. Because the other guy was already dead, and they had to finish the job by killing the lady oh. later. Dan Daniel Fouch in the uh, chat. Pete had to pay mob hitmen. John Ross hired hitmen to kill Rennick, the double, and his wife. Right. Yeah. 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 But except John kills the wife because the hitmen exactly because the hitmen are dead. <laughs> right. They get blown up in a car. <laughs> Fiery, brutal ass explosion. To be honest. Yeah. Pretty gnarly fucking scene. Pretty crazy though, if you think about it. Like, like, like the approach. Like, I just want to see. I want to see the meeting where they convince the the Renix to do this. Totally. Like, what? God, they must have really just made it sound like it was going to be so sweet. You're going to get so much money. 
Or maybe there's best like kill everyone you know. So there's that. That's it. We could do that instead if that's better for you. <laughs> <laughs> it's real good for us. That's hilarious. But um, <laughs> so the, the the opening scene is them basically. Oh, we lost track of them, and then we meet our our main character here. Yeah. After we see the the false Ross, uh, and when he goes into to the hotel, it's it's actually a little bit of a tip off. Um, yep. I, I think it's the actual one, the actual hotel, uh, where he's like, oh, are there any messages for me? And he's like, no, there's not. And I think he was waiting for some kind of confirmation. Uh, and he don't get it. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's a good possibility. Nothing for you, pal. Just go about your nothing, business. Nothing for the patsy. <laughs> he's like, oh, I thought it was going to be a gift certificate to some lovely place we're going to go from these kind mafia men. <laughs> Those mafiosos promised me a red lobster gift card. By the There's way, uh, Robert Duvall, he's driving a cab, right? no big deal. Just a little bit cameo from Talk from about him. woefully underused. <laughs> right? I think this is really before he was big. I mean, his yeah, career oh, yeah. didn't really truly take off till The Godfather, and that's still not till the mid-70s. Uh, pretty crazy. Pretty crazy, though. You're like, damn, young Duvall. It's crazy that he's 38 in this scene. <laughs> oh, my God. Fucking he's yeah, he's, he's so going to live old. forever, dude. He's, he's still alive. It's crazy. Oh, yeah. He's still in movies. <laughs> he he done quite a bit, but nothing. A lot of TV. I didn't realize he came from TV. He did a ton of TV. Duvall did. Oh, wow. I did not realize that either. Yep. Uh, let's see. What did he do? He did. Uh, so he started in 56. Playhouse, Armstrong, Great Ghost Tales, Kane's 100, Alfred Hitchcock Presents. Oh, that's cool. To Kill a Mockingbird, Ooh. Untouchables, Eddie Moon, Route 66, The Twilight Zone, I remember that. Um, Outer Limits, I'm... Fugitive, Defenders, Hawk, so much television. What a crazy, like TV for him was like the minor leagues. <laughs> exactly. He did Bullet, he, just... he did another, more TV, then he played Ned Pepper and True Grit, he played more TV, and then he was pretty much movies from there on out. Like you said, THX, remember he's in that, MASH. Oh yeah. Uh, Godfather yep. seventy two and uh, that the rest is history. He has so many film credits, dude. Yep. Oh, yeah, born in nineteen thirty one. That's bananas. Oh, wow. Yeah, he's a he's a young man. He's a spring, <laughs> spring chicken, <laughs> spry, spring chicken, even. <clears throat> so um, we see our man um, being tracked immediately. That's it, right? And now. <laughs> And it, pretty soon after this, though, they have to go, and this is when they bring Bullet in on the case. And Chalmers, like you said, specifically asked him for this. Yeah, wanted exactly. Bullet. He did. He did want Bullet because it's so good for the image. Good for the image, I guess he thought. Good for it was politics, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. He felt that it was an advantage to use Bullet. But uh, this guy's already being tracked. I love that we see that little toy German Shepherd in the back of the cab because that comes back later in the movie. Awesome. Oh, that's true. Yeah, very cool shot there. I think about that, yeah. Look at San Francisco. How hip is it? Right? Fucking Bustling old look. San Francisco. Yep. This movie and Vertigo of, uh, are the ones that have made me want to visit it the most. I'm like, damn. Actually, yeah. it is cool. And I'm right next to it, and I still have never been. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> um, Danny says he was making himself seen when he was asking for mail. Oh, I guess that makes sense, too. Yeah, that he needs to have the desk, the desk man know who he was, know his face. Got it. Bam, bam, bam. That's a good catch, Danny. So um, he's getting driven around the city. He's doing his thing. Scratching off uh, his little to-do list from the mob. Yep. Uh, I like that because mm-hmm. I like that we see him using the phone. 
Um, that's going to play later when Bullet asks, what is his name in this movie, Duvall's? Is it, is it Weisberg or something? It's Weisberg. Um, okay. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah. Weisberg, the cab driver. Weisberg, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but this is when uh, our boy Bullet heads up to meet Chalmers after getting woken up in the morning, <laughs> very much not wanting to do this shit. I love that scene told- of him getting out of bed, dude. <laughs> just not have his partner already just been there uh, reading the newspaper, and he's just like, "Ugh, fuck off!" Crazy, right? Just in my house. <laughs> just a great Jesus. scene, though. He's just beat, beat down, tired, getting his OJ. He looks mm-hmm. like he just woke up too. Oh yeah, he really does. I love his partner, by the way, Del, yeah, he's Del Getty. He's great. They're talking about the mumps vaccine. <laughs> <laughs> wow, what a changed world until everybody stops believing it's good and only gives you <laughs> autism. It's going to be great. <laughs> mumps is awesome. You guys should all get it. It's great. Yeah, it's good. Hey, got a mumps outbreak uh, in Washington right right over the uh, the uh, state border for me now. So Washington fantastic. State has a mumps outbreak? Yeah, it does. Wow. What constitutes an outbreak? Like a bunch of people have it or something? Uh, a couple dozen, I think, yeah. Jesus Christ. Isn't it? Isn't it? Andy, aren't anti-vaxxers fantastic? <laughs> Ah, so good. Yep. But off they go. 2,000 quarantined mumps at immigration centers. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Anyway. Damn. So, um, yep, he goes to see this this fancy place. There's a lot of good yes. shit. There's a lot of good shit in this scene right here that I like. A lot of awesome visual cues. By the way, he's got that. You see what he heats his coffee up with? That no, plug-in thing that you just dump in the water, and it, the metal heats it up, and it heats up. The, <laughs> it's so primitive. <laughs> he plugs it in oh, and dumps the metal. It's like a little circular conductor of yeah. heat. Yeah. And he just heats <laughs> out the coffee. I was like, ugh, God, how good does that taste? <laughs> it's nice and burnt. Yep. So um, he cleans up real nice despite not getting any sleep, and he makes his way to uh, to this place to meet the old chalmer, so old chalmer pants. Mm-hmm. I've got an important job. Yeah, and he tells him. Johnny Ross from Chicago. By the way, I love just the humdrum bullshit. A little party to get together. Uh, just so many great shots of people saying useless banter. And him just seeming so out of place amongst it all. I love it. Right. All, all the women in fur coats God, everywhere. He's just, all hobnobbing. It's gross. I know. Such, such politician shit. Oh, God. These kind of he's, things. He wants no part of it's it. Like, it's like, um, it's like uh, when those uh, business to business, like, uh, what do they call them? The town, um, the town like business meetings where people go and they exchange business cards. It's so corny. Oh, the uh, uh, Chamber of Commerce? Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go down to the Chamber of Commerce and drop off some some of my business cards. You rub elbows with mm, this up yes. <laughs> Brutal. <clears throat> anyway, send a subcommittee hearing. Right? I have a star witness who needs protection. Sam said that you are the man for the job. That is and it. I can't find a flaw in that statement, Chamber says. Protection from who? The organization. His name is Ross. Johnny Ross from Chicago. Once and for all, the top men in law enforcement are united. Are they? <laughs> really? All right. <laughs> if you say so, pal. <laughs> but that is it. They got to keep him alive till Monday because that's when he's already like a shitty politician, just promised and, and hyped up. He's got his fucking hype man out there telling about all oh, the surprise witness that's going to come. Everybody tune in. 
Be sure to stake your opinion of Chalmers on this. Yep, exactly right. Precisely what he's doing, sir. Mm-hmm. And uh, where do they go from here? What do they, what do they say next, Matthew? Well, for one, he's already told them that the hotel room's already picked. It's already the Daniels Hotel, uh, and that's where it's going to be. And you're going to just go there and be with him for the full entire weekend. Mm. Uh, and so pretty much off they go, and Bullet immediately does not like the hotel room because there are just big, huge windows facing out to the highway. Yep. Exactly. Poignant questions by Bullet. He says, well, why San Francisco? He thought it'd be safer here. Because remember, this guy's from Chicago. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he's not too crazy with this setup. It's a pretty, it's pretty terrible, pretty terrible setup. But, but before that, Chalmers says, listen, these types of cases catapult people in the, into the public eye and uh, exactly. with subsequent effect on one's career. So it'll be a pleasure having you along. And you can tell that he totally says that, expecting from Bullet, uh, ooh, oh boy, I can't wait. Like, they, And Bullet's just like, okay. Doesn't say anything. It's great. Yeah, didn't, couldn't give a shit less. Couldn't give less of a shit. And it's funny, you know, he thinks he's dealing with, I don't even realize he know. I don't think he really knows who he's dealing with at this point. As far as Chalmers goes? No, 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 as far as Bullet goes. I don't think Chalmers knows who he's dealing with in Bullet. Oh, I see. Because yeah. he's made so many gross miscalculations. Right. And he's a man who deals only in, in reputation. So all he knows is that, ooh, Bullet's a, uh, an officer with a kind of prestigious reputation and, and held in high esteem. So that's the guy I want. Only the top shelf for me. Mm-hmm. And he would be, you know, if, if, let's just pretend for a minute Bullet was a desperate, career minded opportunist, right? Right. He would be putty to Chalmers because Chalmers is the. He's the the great promiser, right? He's exactly. the guy that's always telling you, no, no, I'm going to drag you along. He teases you a little bit, just enough to get you so desperate for some sort of advancement, some sort of way out of where you are. This is essentially what Chalmers is, is, is podcasting help people. <laughs> Let me dangle the carrot of success. Chalmers is that guy, right? He he know he's he knows enough of the struggles to know how to manipulate people going through the struggle. Right. Hasn't right. experienced the struggle, but just knows it well enough to exploit it. No, yeah, right. Exactly. He's um he, he is. He's essentially podcast help courses. That's what that's essentially what Chalmers <laughs> is. He's basically so like, you know, I get it, you know, you you only have a couple hundred downloads, you only got about 30 patrons. I've been there, man. I know that you're that I could probably give you these six tips that would immediately <laughs> at least double your download numbers. Take it from me and my sixty-five patrons, bud. <laughs> Take it from me and my hundred and four patrons, where I make four hundred dollars a month. I'm a true pro, <laughs> and that's why my business advice will cost you a thousand dollars an hour. <laughs> uh, he's that's Chalmers. That's Chalmers, Chalmers can he can raise you up or drop the hammer on you with just a simple word mm-hmm. to the right as far, people. As long as you're useful to him, you'll he'll he'll <laughs> like you. He'll be your pal. That's it, man. He'll he'll do it. He'll do it. He'll make do for you if you make do for him. But that's how they get you. That's how they get you. It's like the dark side oh, yeah. of the forest, man. Right? <laughs> exactly. Come on. You can keep the ones you love from dying. Yes. Just use my power a little bit. See, you did it. Success. Great. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Fuckers. brutal. Hilarious. They're, it's hilarious. They're the legal mafia. 
<laughs> it's pretty much the fucking legal shakedowns. That's why they're after the other mafia, because of competition. <laughs> Gotta get these fucks out of the way. Yeah. <clears throat> well, yeah. I tell you what, they're the biggest goes. gang in town. <laughs> we gotta get rid of them. Uncle June. Uncle June. I thought I talk about. I thought we talked about this. So anyway, he hops back in the car with. Uh, speaking of Italians, Delgetti. Delgetti. A Delgetti. I drive the car for you. Uh, I got the big of the mustache. It'd be funny if he had like a like a Mario Kart because it's a driving movie. Got a big old Italian mustache. I don't know. Is it Delgatti driving Delgetti? I don't even know. I think so. <laughs> I get it, the driver for you. I do, it is. Fucking dodging giant turtle shells during the drive. <laughs> I gotta find a power up quick. <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, Bullet is, is still expressing more misgivings about this room and the setup, the closeness of the freeway. Uh, and we find out that this room was picked by Chalmers, actually. Yeah. And that was another thing where, like, I early on in the movie, I'm like, is Chalmers, like, dirty politician? Is he in this shit somehow? He just has no, he's no just idea incompetent. what he's doing. Yeah. yeah. Just totally incompetent. Doesn't know. And is trying to be in charge of shit for the sake of being in charge when he yes. really doesn't have the know-how. Right. What you should be doing is turning this over to men that are better at this than you and in, in, in empowering them. Right. To, exactly. Right. Instead, you want, it, you want this to be done your way because you want to have control over it, and uh, it's just not going to work. But That's there's it. just so many awesome moments in this scene alone, and it's not even about what's said. That's something That's this true. movie's really good at. There's a lot being said without anyone saying a word. Right, and just the the presence of the characters is really strong. Yep. So, you know, room 634, when they're in there, I just love Del Getty. When we see him, we see him looking around at first, and then we see Bullet, he walks over right over to the window. It's the first thing he does. He looks out at mm-hmm. it, kind of glances around. He's unimpressed. I like that he just sort of casually looks, moves the curtain, looks around, he is telling us everything we need to know about the shit, the shit room. Exactly. Yeah. He goes over very disappointed and it's just like, you can tell he's trying to make the best of this and not especially, I think this movie is for one, again, it kind of reminded me of heat as far as like, it's about professionals doing their jobs. Um, and just his whole demeanor is I'm not going to scare the witness. I'm not going to do anything. You know, I'm not trying, I'm trying to keep everything nice and held together here, but he is still very much like, this is not a good room. You need to stay away from the windows. Like he's, he's calm about everything, but you can tell he's just like, this is, this is a dog shit start. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Stay away from the room, sit down, relax. And like a real leader, he fucking takes the last shift too of watch. Like he, he's going to, he's going to come back at like 3 a.m., uh, and, and be there for the rest of the night. Yeah, man. So Stanton and Del Getty get the first shifts. They do. Uh, Captain Bennett, we see his home life very briefly. That's true. But uh, he, Bullet calls him. <laughs> but this him guy, the, uh, situation. I mean, look at this guy. <laughs> this guy not look that like is... a drill instructor? Absolutely. I'm surprised the more characters didn't have that haircut in this movie, by the way. <laughs> like, that is that is the haircut of the day. Yeah. And even the captain says, look, this could be very big. Mm-hmm. Big thing for everybody. He's yeah. been, he's gotten corrupted a little bit by the advancement. But he's he does like, oh, say, this, could be nice. he, he, this is where the whole charmers things come up. He says, well, why did, why did, Bullet asks, did he ask for me to which, of course, he said he did. He's grooming himself for public office, says Bennett. You make good mm-hmm. copy. They the love you in the papers, ya. right? Oh, yeah. 
makes sense. Isn't that hilarious? It can be that simple. Mm-hmm. It really is. Like you, the way you look, your appearance, you, you look like somebody that would propel the story and thus this politician. <laughs> this politician's all about it. Oh, man. Nothing but PR. It's awesome. Say, who are you talking about me? <laughs> <laughs> Come on, pal. But, um, so yeah, Delgetti, here we'll take the first shift. I like how he just ignores his pointless questions. Uh, another thing <laughs> Steve McQueen's really good at are these pregnant pauses. Mm, that's true. The guy, somebody will say something to him and he'll pause and kind of breathe sharply and then he'll let it go. And you're like, damn, dude. You just, you, he's, he really is good at saying a lot without saying anything. Yeah. You can tell he, he just has that good detective look as far as like just scanning people, scanning situations. Right. Like he's always thinking. He would have been a great Blade Runner. Ah, that's true. That really is true. Had it come oh, out in the 60s, nice. he could have crushed it. Would have crushed. Would have crushed. Off he goes to meet his sexy as hell girlfriend, yeah, the she's, artist. She's beautiful. Uh, we see him chatting with the gentleman who ends up getting shot. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Excuse me. Big yawn. Eddie, I believe. is. Oh, no, not Eddie. Eddie's the uh, bad guy. The fuck's this guy's name? Stanton? Yeah, Stan. Stanton. S-T-N. S-T-A-N-T-O-N. Stanton. Stanton. <laughs> he gives him second shift, tells him to go on home to his wife for now. And like we already said, he's coming back for the third shift. Yep. And uh, he goes to see uh, his lady friend. His lady, who's she, like also I got an architect or like a des, uh, designer. She's like built, uh, constructing a fountain. Or yeah, pretty fountain. cool. I like I like this part a lot. Um, smart lady, rocking the go-go boots. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> what what did you take from this moment? The the five from, inch pipe column. She's telling him to look cross reference it. The nine point eight. Now I want the loss in feet. <laughs> to be honest, it kind of makes me think about how she's similar to him in this moment. That they're each like very focused in their work and very professional, and they they get along really well there. Even though they are very in very extremely different professions and seemingly fairly different people, but they have this kind of respect and it looks like a good relationship. Nice, yeah, I, I dig it. Um, I liked that it. I don't know. I've interpreted. I've, I've thought about this. I thought, why? Because I'm always thinking, why show me something like this if it doesn't? It has to mean something to put it in the movie. Mm-hmm. And I thought, here we are. We're seeing a pretty smart girl. She has a cool career, and she's smart. And yeah. he is just sort of like, uh, <laughs> he, you lost know? me. <laughs> yeah, it's, um, not really, not really a thing. But um. I liked it. It's just, it's a cute moment. It, it gives, I think it gives a little more to her character than just the chick. I mean, I know she's just the chick, but you know what I'm saying? It, it, may, it rounds her out a little bit more, I feel like. Right. As a person right. and I think, with a career. And, and I think like we were saying, like I was saying earlier, like it's kind of essential for this movie to, to show that Bullet has a life outside of being a police officer uh, or else he just, would just seem like a robot as well. Like it shows kind of the... Because he's, to be honest, he's very good at not showing any conflict or any, you know, emotion. Like, he's very calm, cool, and collected. But it reminds you that he has a little bit of a, an inner conflict at times with wondering how his work affects his life and mm-hmm. his, you know, girlfriend. Yep. And and then they, they get to the restaurant. There's this great moment in this scene when they're in the restaurant where the guy hits him in the face with a menu. And I'm pretty sure it's by accident, and I think they just kind of go with it. And I thought, that's really fucking funny. Um, he sort of laughs it off, 
It looks totally accidental to me. I don't know if you know the part I'm talking about. Just, I'm looking for it now. Just when he's sitting down and they kind of start taking the orders and stuff. Um, yeah, it's. I, I saw it and I was like, wait a minute. It looks like. Uh, it looks like that wasn't supposed to happen. I'm actually going to try to find it and I'll watch it. Uh, right I just now. found it. Yeah, 18 minutes and 42 seconds in. As he's taking the minis away, he kind of bops him on the eye and he like touches his eye like, oh, you got me. And then just laughs it off. Yeah, it looks It looks not... That looks like something that didn't wasn't supposed to happen and happened. In totally. The, and they real. just kept it in. It looks real and his reaction was awesome. It, exactly. And his reaction, that's another... It probably was it's just a total ad lib, a thing that actually just happened. Um, but at the same time, I feel like that's another just great sign of his character. Like he is... He's a... Sh- Calm, calm, collected person. This kind of shit doesn't piss him off. Like he's he's not going to be shitty about the situation. Like he's like, yeah, it's fine. Not just it not just that, but I think the improv also humanizes him a little. Like just seeing totally. him laugh, he doesn't really laugh in the movie at all. Not really. Yeah, there's <laughs> not much reason to. Not much reason to. That's for fucking sure. And then we get some. Do we crush him, jazz flute man? Oh yeah, that Come jazz on. flute. You know you want to hear it a little bit, don't you? Give me, uh, give me a taste. You a taste? Yeah, get that jazz flute. Get us kicked off of YouTube real Laying good. Laying down the foundation. Yeah. For that, and, for uh, that flute to improv on. <laughs> I'm going to kill it for just a second. I'll let it run, though. But, uh, yeah, the, when the jazz flute kicks on, like I said, he knows it's going to be a good night for Bullet. Well, that's when they shared that very <laughs> loaded <laughs> stare across the yeah, table. Yeah, that's a great shot, really? by the way. Oh, it is. Yeah, it really is. Does this, did you, do you not think of Anchorman right here? Oh, my God. Dude, no, I didn't, to. but Come on, I, I, I see it now. <laughs> yeah, there's uh, oh, the cinematography shit. here is fucking cool. The, the, the way they focus in on her, or just her eye there, and him in the background. Just there's a lot of stuff like this. That's something I was really impressed with in this, in this flick. A lot of yeah. this type of awesome shots. Right, and people's faces being slightly obscured mm-hmm. in kind of interesting ways. Tons of shadows. Like, yeah, and there's a really, uh, really great example of that when he's having that conversation with her later on in the movie. I can't wait to talk about. Yep, um, there's a there is a lot of the a lot of the shadowing of faces is is, is I think probably literally foreshadowing the what we're going to do here with with fake Ross mm. with Kenick, right? The obscuring and misdirection and stuff like that and nick in the chat scene is very atmospheric for sure man yeah yeah that that's the other thing i i was surprised by in this movie just how like tonally it's very dark and and very almost grim like we were saying lots of shadows lots of shots of characters kind of boxed in by lines and bars like we're shooting through windows things like that a lot it has this kind of claustrophobic feel to it which i think is good it makes it all feel very tight like it's coming you know but that's the other thing about this too this whole story takes place over what two days yeah a I mean, week a real, weekend it, yeah it's it's quick mm. uh everything's happening very fast and and it, like i said claustrophobic kind of feeling yeah man and uh we have a moment with uh, uh this is also shot well we see mcqueen in the frame he answers the call dell says he's coming off bullets asks if everything's okay and then um when they cut back to him, we see him roll back and she's in the bed. Yeah. Slick. Slick way <laughs> to shoot it. It's true. Lots of good shots in these. And uh, what happens next? Well, it's a brief conversation with her where she tells him that anything you do is a part of me. Any of the, you know, every aspect of your work and your life, I consider it a part of me. 
Right on. Which I, I think is pretty important for what comes later. Yeah, absolutely. She that's that's where her limits are tested, of course. Exactly. But uh, I, she's already she's laid the ground. <laughs> now you're really own up to it later. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, she's very supportive of him. She's supportive and understanding of his career, mm-hmm. which is pretty ugly at times. <laughs> for sure. Let's talk about the uh, let's talk about the shotgun work. Oh baby. Well, first, the uh, I guess it's Stanton gets the phone call from the front desk. Mm. Oh, there's two men down here to come see you guys. And he's oh, like, really? Who are they? Mr. Chalmers and a friend. Mm. Hmm. Mr. Chalmers himself. Interesting. Yeah. But as as he's taking that call, we see the you know Ross, who's actually Rennick, slowly walking closer to the door, eyeing the chain. Yep. Yep. Which is. Um him probably believing he's being uh, liberated. Exactly. Oh, they're coming to free me and put me on my private jet with all of my cash. Yeah. It's funny that Stanton calls Bullet here. I, no, I like it. I, I think he's kind of deferring to him of like, this feels a little odd. Let me update you. Yeah. He knows he's coming there to relieve him soon anyways. So he's like, um, this is what's going on. Just giving you an update. And I, you know, Bullet's reactions immediately, like, I'm going to be there in five minutes. I'm right. coming. Right. Yeah, I, um, I guess what I'm thinking of, in, in hindsight, it's 2020, of course, but I would have been like, go get in the fucking bathtub, dude. Seriously. <laughs> get the fuck out of there. Get your gun out for sure. Let's get in the bathtub together. <laughs> Seriously. <clears throat> but damn, do these guys just come in and work quick. Yeah. Holy shit. I mean, this was this was also a, a surprisingly brutal scene I did not expect uh, from a movie at this time period. I mean, they kick open the door and blast Stanton's leg out from under him first thing. Yeah. And you can tell that Rennick was even shocked by that. Like, oh, well, I didn't think you are actually going to kill the cop kind of thing. Um, and he has the gun brought on him. And he's like, well, now look, wait, wait, wait. This wasn't part of the deal, basically. Yeah. Did you see um did you see Bonnie and Clyde? Came out the year before. Oh, I have. It's been a million oh, years boy. You wouldn't oh, you remember, wouldn't forget the end of that movie. Oh, I remember that scene. <laughs> where <laughs> they get shot to fucking Swiss cheese. Dude, brutal. Brutal. Ugh. Yeah. Gnarly. So yeah. And they, they rip one up top on uh, what's his name here? On Stanton? Or or oh you mean Rennick? Yeah, they hit him up in the shoulder. He goes flying, but it but when we see him closer, it looks like a lot of the buckshot must have gotten him up in the neck. And I think the medical examiner confirms this later. I almost feel like yeah. you, you maybe you go put one more in his face. <laughs> a very thorough hitman killer you are, dude. <laughs> well, especially if you're dealing with identities. That is true. You put a fucking buckshot around in somebody's face, it's, you're definitely dead. Definitely dead and definitely unrecognizable. So, yeah, that was pretty slick. Uh, they don't kill the cop. They don't want cop bodies. They just take out his knee and blast Riddick. Yep, absolutely. Um, yeah, that, damn. I saw people had complained about that. I'm like, that makes total sense to me. Don't, don't kill the police officer. <laughs> right. You definitely don't want to do that because it, it causes a much different situation for you as bad guys. It's true. I mean, that would be like FBI and everybody gets caught. Eh, it's just too much. That, too much heat, too much action. Right. Can't do right. that. But yeah, Bullet arrives there as they're hauling everybody out. Gets to see Stanton on the stretcher, helps him into the ambulance. Not looking great, but, you know, he is going to survive. Indeed, yeah. Uh, cool, though. I like how we see, uh, as you'd imagine, a ton of law enforcement. A ton of, a ton of people show up. It's chaos. It should be. 
Yeah. Movies get this wrong a lot of times. You know what I mean? Where it'll be like, yeah, like three cops and like, and they're just kind of like one car out there, very just kind of meandering about. Yeah. And this is our first look at um, outside of the Daniels Hotel. We see our, our boys. <laughs> Still just watching the place. Yeah, man. By the way, uh, fucking, what do you think? Uh, Bill Hickman, guy's a badass. That's the guy driving the... Uh, the charger. Oh, the, the dude with the glasses, yeah. yeah. By the way, we were being idiots at the beginning. It's a 1968 Ford Mustang GT, right, and a 1968 Dodge Charger 440 Magnum, I believe. I think the Mustangs are fastback, right? Is that correct? Somebody will tell me in the chat. Um, by the <laughs> way, I really that. like that Charger. Man, that fucking black. The front end of that car is mean looking. It looks pretty gnarly. Yeah, it's, it's just pretty bad. so <laughs> mean looking. I don't like the, like I... I like the I like the Mustang as well, but I definitely think I like the Charger more. Truthfully, I, I really like a '68 Camaro over both of them, but I'll take it. Hmm. They're both rad cars. Yeah, or a '69 Chevelle. My buddy had a '69 Chevelle. It was beautiful. Ooh, oh, so nice. He had it in high school, man. Damn, damn. Yeah. That's just unfair. The fucking car sounded like ten pissed off lions. <laughs> Leave some tails for the so rest badass. of us. <laughs> Fucking high schooler with that shit. Yeah, very sweet. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, I want them. I, I'm like, dude, don't let Stan die. You guys are running around. You guys are schlopping him around in your fucking World War II stretcher. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the canvas fucking Civil War stretcher. <laughs> <laughs> All right, give him a big snip of whiskey. Nick says the Charger was faster in, in reality. I didn't yeah, know it was way they faster, had to keep- but I knew it was faster. I, they evidently had to keep slowing down <laughs> or else it would have just completely overtaken the Mustang. That's hilarious. Damn. Um, <laughs> you know, great little moment here with, with Bullet very matter-of-factly like, look, I know you're hurt, but you got to talk to me a little bit about these men. What do they look like? Do you remember anything? And he gets a great description. Yeah, what does he say white, here? White hair. Caucasian, white hair. The white hair is, is perfect. You need to know that, right? That's gonna make them a little easier to pick out yep gun <clears throat> is a winchester pump yep i caught the brand no joke winchester <laughs> pump and white hair i'm rapidly speeding to that <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck so uh so off they go and they get them to the hospital right and this is uh, this is again what i was talking about as far as like professionals doing their job this movie dude lingers for a long time in the hospital it does. And doctors and and watching them work and i actually find it really interesting Me too. Like the way the way it portrays them everybody is uh, like i've been saying about bullet calm cool collected uh, and I, I like that there's even this kind of kinship between bullet and dr willard like they're each just being professionals, getting the work done, being very straightforward with each other. Like when, when Willard comes out of the operating room, he's like, well, how's he going to do it? He's like, well, to be honest with you, it's about 50-50 either way, you know, and, and just giving him very detailed, straightforward updates. Uh, and I think that's why there's this kind of respect between the two of them. Yeah, the, the movie, to go on the meta respect, there's just meta respect for the professions, right? Right, exactly. We, we, see, uh, we see them tirelessly working on people, and I think this matters because be, because of it, it matters to the overall theme and gritty nature of the film, which is to be realistic in a sense, right? Gritty, yeah, real, right? It also lends something to the film to show this because I think this has a big part to play in the film in general. Number one, when you when you show them working hard on the guy for a long time, because you know you're not watching ER or one of those other shows. You have a, you, you're like, oh, he's definitely going to live. 
right? Mm, that's a good point. I almost yeah. feel like if it, you, you, you're like, okay, they're spending time on this because he's probably going to make it. And then he does, but then he doesn't. So I just thought that was awesome. I just feel like that with a lot of, I don't know if it's true. I don't know why I feel like this. I don't know. I, I couldn't articulate as to why, but I sometimes feel like if I'm watching a scene like this, and I don't mean a hospital movie because I don't watch those movies, but I mean a movie where somebody goes in and they're being worked on for a long, 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 long time, that most likely you, they're going to be alive. <laughs> I don't know why right. I think that. I just believe that's true in movies. I have no evidence. I'm utterly just saying it without any, I have no, no evidence to back up my claim. I just feel that way. <laughs> and when he does and then he doesn't, it was genuinely shocking. I didn't expect it at all. Yeah. And I, again, I think it's important, this kind of, it's small and understated, but it is an important respect and relationship that he has with this doctor here because he calls on this doctor later to pull some shit for him. I mean, it's a pretty big ask to be like, hey, you need to give me this body <laughs> and hide your, med- you know, lose your medical records and uh, go along with me on this. Yep. And he does. There is this respect between them. Crazy. Um, that doctor kicks ass, by the way. Yeah, it's good. Dr. Willard is his name. Dr. Willard. By George Stanford Brown is the name of the actor. And I think it just also creates, it sets up a really nice contrast from from how Bullet talks to the doctors and, and behaves with everybody versus when Chalmers comes in and starts trying to be the man of the scene and fucking pushing Willard out. Oh, I'm going to bring my own doctor in. I want this, blah, blah, blah. Get me the supervisor. Like He just comes in trying to call the shots on everybody. He thinks he wields power over everything. Mm. Yeah, you know, it's it's uh it was by the way, this guy George Stanford Brown, the actor, he's still doing quite a bit of work. He did something in twenty fifteen. He was in Roots. Oh, <laughs> oh shit. Is that the doctor? Yeah, yep. He did a bunch of T V himself, actually. He was in um oh shit, he was in Matlock. He's Judge Stuart Franklin and Major oh, Jeffrey Hamilton. He plays two characters in Matlock. That's hilarious. <laughs> I, I actually watched a surprising amount of Matlock as like a 10-year-old. Me, I don't know me, why. me too, actually. But my my did, grandmother yeah. is why. <laughs> I think we've talked about that before, yeah, that we've watched a lot of uh, Matlock as kids yeah. with our grandparents. Yeah, I watched a lot of Murder, She Wrote, too, which is less cool to admit, but I did. <laughs> but you did, Talking and I accept you and forgive you. Jessica James. Lansbury. Hey, my grandmother was into that shit when you wanted to. <laughs> Hell, I'd have watched it. Doom, 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 doodle, doodle, doom, doom, doom. <laughs> <laughs> The fucking song will be forever in my head. <laughs> oh shit! So uh, now, when does um? Because you already kind of mentioned the uh, Chalmers showing up. Is that where we're at? Oh, do do you like when uh, Stanton's wife McQueen just looks at her, <laughs> doesn't say anything? <laughs> Doesn't say anything. Oh, shit. Like, yeah, I could probably scoop that up, Bert, Bert. Oh, boy. Scoop it up if I wanted. But no, he's a better man than that. He's yeah. Bullet. Yeah. He's thankful for his food. <laughs> right. That was, that's another cute moment. Yeah. Like, Are you the police officer who hasn't eaten? Yes, ma'am. <laughs> that's me. Hungry cop. Yeah. That's what they call me. Yeah. <laughs> um. Here is so. Here's something that I thought was suspicious. So, number one. When Chalmers comes in and he wants to relieve Willard, I thought at this right. point in the movie, okay, maybe he is involved and he wants to get his doctor yeah. in there to finish the guy off. Right, That's that, what I'm saying. Yeah. And then my, me totally thinking that. And then my thought was, is he just kind of being a racist cunt? I think that, I, at the end of the day, I think that's actually the truth. 
It's just kind of like a fucking. Like I'm, I'm not. You you guys know me if you listen to this fucking show. I'm not one of those people who looks for that shit everywhere. But I almost feel but like this is also it's kind 1968. Of, yeah, yeah. But yeah. no, I mean, I think that that's actually. I mean, like I was exactly like you. I was seriously thinking that this was some <laughs> conspiracy element to it that he wants to bring in his own doctor. He's pushing out other doctors and witnesses and everything. Uh, but I think at the end of the day, it's just like just more of just like an arrogant prick uh and just is pushing out the younger black dude basically like ah get him out of the way maybe <clears throat> um yeah it's uh it was fucking i was like wait a minute <clears throat> fucking weird i thought of it like after the fact i was like wait <laughs> once i knew the what the plot was a little more as the movie progressed i was like wait a minute i thought back on that on this scene <laughs> well he also he gets a brief uh talk with his captain who comes in first uh, and, you know, he's telling me, hey, you know, he can't now get the big surprise that he's promised everyone. So he may try to make up some of that mileage by laying it all on us. Which is uh, exactly Bullet, what he does. Exactly. And Bullet asks the great question of, am I in charge of this case or is Chalmers? Mm. And to his captain's credit, he's like, look, you're the one in charge of this. Just play it by the book. Do what you think you need to do. Yeah. I love how it never even crosses Bullet's mind to be a fall guy when he just <laughs> right, says, yeah. well, you were in charge of where he is, so why do people know where he is? I just love <laughs> how it. plainly he states it. Yeah. It's not He's like, oh, yeah, it's a, what a bummer. He doesn't – you can tell he doesn't like Chalmers at all, really. Oh, not – yeah. Not there's there's really no quarter here between these two guys. I'm sure Chalmers would be more willing to because he's more of a user of people. Like if he exactly. thought if he thought he could get an angle on him, he would take it and, and be buddy buddy with him. That's not bullet though. And and I like that. I like that he's just like you uh you guys put this dude up. What what's this have to do with me? You fucked up, dude. Because so many people would be like, Oh, like you you know like almost like the, the like the generic, and I don't even mean the real life one, the generic movie military thing would be like, oh, no matter, ah, oh, we fucked up, sir. We should have assessed the situation and, and moved him, and we should, have, we should have taken charge after you told us to get the job done, and we just didn't, and that's on us. No, fuck mm-hmm. you. You put him there. I had no time. These guys were on top of us. They knew we were there. That's your fault. Yeah. <laughs> who, else knew, who else knew where he was? I fucking love it. Straight ass. I love it. Yeah. it. I love that he doesn't give a shit about this little twerp. <laughs> and not only does he like, well, who else knew where he, where they, you know, where we all were going to be? Uh, and he's like, well, what are you implying? And he's like, well, none of it didn't come out from us. It didn't come from our end. Nobody was leaking shit. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> God, Chalmers is such a smarmy prick <laughs> in this fucking scene. Yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah, he basically just says he's going to lay it on the department. Mm-hmm. I will personally officiate your public crucifixion if he doesn't recover. Okay, pal. All righty. <laughs> uh, question for you. How are you watching this movie? How am I watching it? Yep. What service? Uh, uh, Amazon. Amazon has it? I, I rented it. They Are you sure? I couldn't find it. I thought I didn't think they had it available. Uh, I have it. Oh, what the fuck? I wonder why I couldn't find it. Oh, I must have clicked on the wrong one, dude. <laughs> I only saw the DVD version, the DVD Blu-ray version. Oh, actually, no, dude, I'm a fucking idiot. I'm watching it on iTunes. I'm, I'm oh, dumb. I was okay, totally, okay. I, 99% of the time I rent on Amazon, and I was, I was like, oh, yeah, totally. I, I remember renting it, so it's Amazon. No, it's iTunes. I'm oh, that makes sense. Okay, got it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that makes more sense to me, pal. It's not on Amazon? No, nope. Yeah, they did not have the rights to it or something? I don't know what their, what their fucking problem is. Weird. Uh, yeah, I thought so too. 
Um, I, yeah, I went looking for it. Side note, uh, Voodoo has it, but I'll tell you, one of the things I don't like about Voodoo is uh, I rented it from Voodoo. One of the things I don't like about Voodoo is it's slow. Uh, so if you're doing live, if you're doing a live show and you're trying to cover it and you're scrubbing, like if I drag the playhead a little, and it's really fucking up my whole presentation tonight. If I drag the playhead forward a little, it it buffers, 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 then it catches. Oh, no. So if you're talking and you're like, what did he say? And I'm trying to jump forward, jump backwards 10, 20 seconds. It just fucking sucks. Now, the reason I don't have it, the reason I didn't read it on iTunes is because for some reason OBS and iTunes don't play well. So if I do want to show a quick clip and I have the iTunes movie up, it's fucking blacked out. It's so annoying. Oh boy, they love oh they love that copyright law. But what's funny is I I don't know what it was. It must have been an update because I because Mulholland Drive I rented on iTunes and I could show clips, even though that got bounced for copyright. But um isn't that funny? <laughs> they got you flagged now. Yeah. No, they 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 just said you can't play it. We're not gonna let you play this movie. That's silly. But I'm just saying now they're they're not even gonna let you ever play anything from iTunes on. Oh no no no! That, I don't think that was it. That's just like blacklisted. Yeah, exactly. But anyway, so that was that's my little story. I wanted to share with you guys some of the behind the scenes annoyances sometimes we deal with. <laughs> anyway, I love the way Bullet just dead stares, shark eyes at Chalmers. Does oh, Chalmers yeah. look like an evil Bruce Campbell? He does. He looks like a shittier, smaller, evil Bruce Campbell. Yeah, yeah like true. a much less charming one. Right. Less manly, less charming, just annoying. Mm. But yeah, he says again, there might be another attempt on his life. I'll be back with my people in the morning. Yeah, my guys are better than your and guys. Then, then to Dr. Willard, thank you, doctor. And then as soon as he gets outside, he's like, I want Dr. Willard replaced. Love it. He's too young and inexperienced. Yeah. Control, control. We must control. <laughs> control. I- Let's control everything. Plus, he's black. Ugh, God. Ah, <laughs> oh, can't have that. Get rid of him. Control, control. <laughs> and the nurse is like, he's our best surgeon that we have. He's like, I don't care. He's like, yeah, that's what you say, but that's not what I say. <laughs> and I definitely know better because I'm a politician. I know how surgery I, works. I know. I control. I know what it takes. <laughs> um, yeah. Danny Fouch says he's better looking than Bruce Campbell. So take that, Matthew. You guys can better fight about who's, who's hotter. Yeah, Robert Vaughn. Ooh. Oh, boy. You better look out for Brian Campbell with them words. Mm, no shit. He, fight, he, he sticks up for that family name. Hold on. Brian Campbell's right over here. Hold on a second. <laughs> army of darkness! 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 Hold on. I got to push him back into the closet. <laughs> army, of, army of darkness! Army of darkness! He's like a malfunctioning tickle me elmo. Yeah, I just pushed him back stops. in the closet. <laughs> hmm. yeah. Oh fuck! I just scroll past his post. I don't even know what he says anymore. I just assume <laughs> it's going to be that, and I don't even listen to him. He could be making a talking about something amazing, and I just missed the whole thing. That's his fault. And you know, and again, to just let our our listeners behind the veil, it's it's not that me and Dean don't like Army of Darkness, but we can't. I don't even know. I don't even know what Army of Darkness is. I continue to tell you that, and you don't believe me. You really don't? It's a movie. Mm-hmm. Is Brandon Lee in it? I mean, he's one of the people, yeah. Okay. Then I do know that movie. It came Bruce out Lee's in 92. In somehow. Mm-hmm. All right. No, not Bruce Lee. Brandon Lee's in that movie. No, no, Bruce Lee and Brandon Lee are in it. Jeez. Get it right. Well, when do you want to cover that? Um, I'm going to... Th- let me look at the calendar. Uh, 2075? Does that work? Yeah, I can do that. All right. Perfect. Awesome. Got Can't... penciled in. 
Nice. I can't. I'm looking forward to talking about Brandon Lee again. It's been what the crow. <laughs> That's the only one. We, since we didn't do laser, what that movie? Laser something. Oh God! Or that? Uh, what's the impact movie? No, did? no. There's a laser movie. Laser Mission, dude. Fuck. Yes. If you want to watch the worst movie ever, it's on YouTube. Laser Mission. Hell yeah. <laughs> laser Hell Mission. Yeah. It's horrific. It's on YouTube. I can't wait. Uh, it's bad. It's not a good film. So anyway, that's part of my problem with trying to work through the film using voodoo because I want to show a clip here and there, but there's just not going to be many clips in this episode. Sorry, elite YouTubers, because the uh, iTunes one works way cleaner. And I, mm-hmm. yeah. So anyway. Um, well, this is we'll this is when our one of our hitman ah, boys shows up in the hospital. Well, this is amazing. Ooh, this motherfucker. Also, I got a relative of mine who's got a gunshot wound. Oh, I'm a good guy. <laughs> I'm trying to tell you, he's in the family. He's one of the family. He's in the, he's in the organization. I'm trying to tell you, he's in the family, Calm In this thing of ours. <laughs> you come home with those grunge pants, going to be on the ground looking up. <laughs> <laughs> You're looking at the sky. I was watching, uh, uh, you know, this is in my head because I was watching... Um, Sopranos uh, deaths, like a bunch of major character deaths, <laughs> just, just on YouTube today. Yeah, man, it was amazing. It was amazing. <laughs> just was people like, being oh, garroted and shot, just and beaten. I, just so many. Ah, oh, this one. Ah, oh, too bad. He was so good. <laughs> anyway, yeah. The only way to truly enjoy the show, all the deaths. I like how this um, doctor or this this orderly—I don't know what he is—but he makes the call. I think it's a doctor, right? He makes a yeah. call to the nurse, and then they they tell him, "I like this." this Me guy's too. Suspicious man. He's like, he just came in and asked about this guy. I had to tell it's him where it was, but yeah, doctor, yeah, yeah. Doctor Kinner is his name. Mm-hmm. And being a stool pigeon is his game. He'll wake up with a horse in his fucking bed. <laughs> you talked, you fucking sawbones. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, he gets the alert going. It's fucking great. And of uh, course, yeah. we get Delgetti in it. Delgetti. Our man is in the hospital. Awesome. He's been tipped off. By the way, how cool do these cops look with their with their jackets? The ones on duty, like Batman cops. Oh yeah, you mean like the kind of longer coat yeah, that uh, like McQueen wears, dude? I fucking no no love no no that. no 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 the the uniform cops. Oh, you mean like the okay the, like that longer almost like tunic yeah. cop kind of thing? Yeah, those are kind of cool. some holdovers from Britain right there, man. <laughs> Them <laughs> brass Britain. buttons. He's like, oh, I look pretty good here. I'm trying not to look at every nurse's ass that walks by. <laughs> I, just, uh, I still just also love the old-fashioned detective with a suit and the long coat. Of course. Like, that's just, ah, shit's great. Of course. Just cool. But uh, they uh, they go looking for our boy, and our boy is slick. I love the fucking ice pick. Dude, how slick is it that he puts a goddamn wine cork on it so he doesn't stab himself? <laughs> I fucking love That's it. That's a great detail. <laughs> it's a great idea. It's too. a great fucking detail. It, re- it makes it so real. Exactly. Ah, it's so good. He gets discovered by the nurse, of course. She drops the the Chinese lady drops the china. Sorry. Um, <laughs> I'll be her and all night. The director snuck in a strangely racist pun. <laughs> <laughs> I want the Chinese nurse dropping the china. It's funny. <laughs> The only thing that would be more racist is if she just dumped a tray full of chopsticks all over the floor. (laughs) (laughs) And then covered her mouth after she screamed. (laughs) 
<laughs> and had gigantic. For no reason, she had a tray full of chopsticks. <laughs> and her eyes were half the size of her head because she's an anime <laughs> character. <laughs> she's a World War II propaganda <laughs> yeah. poster. She's a fucking... Oh shit, dude! <laughs> Weirdest caricature. And then they go down into the f- horror movie section of the hospital. Oh yeah, every hospital's got one where the zombies break out. Yeah, this is where they find like <clears throat> Nazi doctors experimenting on people. <laughs> where are your papers? How are you doing here? <laughs> no, this yeah. is where they, this is where they you run into Jacob's ladder down here. Oh my god, for real! Fucking legs chopped off on the floor. Yeah. Ah, just too many awesome moments. The guy, the the great shot of the ice pick, the camera rolls up on him, the shadows behind him, some of the lights on him, bullet walks by, doesn't see him. Ah, just good shit, man. (laughs) Yeah, another jazz, jazz scored chase scene. Yeah, holding the door. Love the under the door shot, Uh, like looking up at, at the hitman from under the door. The hitman must have a name. Um, yeah, the, the white-haired hitman. I'm trying to remember his name. It doesn't really matter, uh, but... The two hitmen are Mike and Phil. Mike and, and uh, Phil. the white-haired one is Mike. Okay, cool. You're positive about that? I am positive. Because Bill Hickman, uh, the guy oh, with of the Oh, of course, glasses, of course. He is Phil. Of course, of course. And that's the two in the credits. But uh, he's trying to pursue him. I, I, I thought it was crazy. He, here's kind of like a weird thing. He's running around the hospital underneath with, like, what are you going to do, a quick draw, McQueen? Just have the gun out. Just have it out. If I that know, gun yeah, is like in your trying... holster and you go around the corner and he ice picks you four or five times in the chest, you're fucked, dude. You're fucked. You're not, you're not gonna you're not gonna pull that gun out. So just have he's it just, out. He's too damn polite. Yeah. Don't wanna don't wanna startle anybody, ruffle any feathers in the hospital. Yeah. I don't wanna blow away a hitman downstairs. But, but did um, you catch that the hitman too had left open a window and, and he gets gets him to check it and it's actually just a barred window? Yeah. And, Gives him a little extra time. The hitman goes running by. And then when he gets to the door that he actually left out of, he had stuck a fucking rake Slick. up against the door outside. I'm like, dude, that guy is a professional. Yeah, man. Just little things. He's, it, it's, it's something that he's, you know, if you are terrified and you're in this moment and your heart's thumping and you're adrenalized, you're not doing much thinking of clever little ploys and tricks. And it just sets apart him as a professional doing these totally. little stumbling blocks along the way. That he has the wherewithal, he has the calmness, he is uh, on the level enough to just be like, yep, I'm, I'm clearly thinking about what I'm doing right now. Oh, yeah. Got, um, a, got a whole pathway laid out of yeah, distractions. Slick as hell. Uh, meanwhile, so. we're having some, uh, some problems with Johnny Ross, so we think, is Johnny Ross. Right. Truly, it's running. Ross is struggling. Ross is, uh, Ross is dying. That's it. And he, again, we watched the whole procedure pretty much play out of them trying to keep his blood pressure up, them trying to even hit him with the, 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 the oh my God, I'm blanking on the name, the fucking paddles, basically. Crash cart. Yep. Ep- and pump epinephrine or whatever. Epinephrine, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Nothing does it. He is a dead man. Yeah, I like this, man. You know, it's, it's a great moment of setback for Bullet. We see the hitman get away and we see the witness die. This is Seems a big like, right. Yeah. This is all a, is lost. This is a big downturn in the movie and I like it. I like that the hitman dies and and you know he he is right. Bullet is right when he tells Chalmers that this guy getting shot up is your fault. But part of Bullet knows it's on him a little bit too that these guys rolled his team and took this guy down. And now the guy's mm-hmm. dead and now you had a chance to get the guy and you couldn't get the guy. 
it also it it does a couple things. I think it shows that he's not he he's he's not infallible. He's in yeah. fact fallible. <laughs> but owns it's so it, but goofy to say not infallible. Can you just say <laughs> fallible? Isn't that quicker? I don't know. <laughs> he anyway. is not a god. In fact, <laughs> he is not not infallible. But um, and and that there is competence on the other side of the ball. Yeah, exactly. It's slick, man. And dude, another really cool moment here, like right after, you know, the fake Ross Rennick dies, uh, that's when he goes over to the doctor and is like, okay, look, I need your help. Uh, I need this mm-hmm. kept open. You know, if, if Chalmers gets wind of it, the whole thing gets folded up and I want the man that killed him. Uh, and, you know, they have this little conversation about, all right, well, I'll misplace the medical chart. And Bullet tells him, hey, you know, I, I appreciate your help, but I don't want your head on the chopping block. And the doctor's like, don't worry about it. I got this. Yep. And then when he steps off into the side room to talk to his other probably doctor, uh, the shot follows Bullet in to talk to Del Getty. And you can see the doctor telling his, you know, friend what's going on, you know, just past the glass while Bullet is telling Del Getty what's going on. And then Bullet walks into the room past the glass. It's fucking great. That's yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like yeah. you see each of them informing each other. Like everybody's updating each other. It's just a cool looking shot. Yeah, yeah. It's really, it's really cool. <clears throat> and the uh, he orders the unmarked ambo. Mm-hmm. They're going to call in a uh, a John Doe. Very slick. We're going to whisk the man away. Mm-hmm. I just love that the doctors are hey, partly. You know, you know, part of it is because Chalmers is a dick to Doctor Willard, and so he's like, "Yeah, fuck that guy. I'll help you out." <laughs> yeah. Absolutely, I was thinking that too. That's a that's a great moment of of how you 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 fuck yourself with your behavior, right? Totally, yeah. These two other professionals who acted you know respectfully around each other and cordially and gave each other room to work and and informed to one another, uh, they have a nice little working relationship and rapport now. Whereas Chalmers has immediately burned all possible bridges in this fucking hospital. Yeah, and it was just simple professional courtesy. courtesy. Yeah. Human decency and professional courtesy. Just to know Willard did what he could do. He was, seemed very competent. He was calm. He stabilized the guy. The guy died. He was shot in the neck and face and chest. A shotgun. Mm-hmm. So there's that. And then um, <laughs> he he didn't... There was no bullshit. That's, that's another thing, too. We kind of didn't even discuss this, but Bullet was never like, God damn it. He was never flipping out about it with the doctor and being like, ah, oh, what, what happened? How come? How come? Because he right. trusts the guy as a yeah. professional to get the job done. And if he didn't, just like he wouldn't want Willard breathing down his neck saying, oh, why'd you let the bad guy get away? Because I fucking, <laughs> he got away. That's what happens sometimes. And sometimes patients die when they get shotgun blasts in the face. Right. Right. Yeah. Shit happens. It's awesome. That's, that's, good that's, that's, that's good shit, man. Yeah, then we cut to Delgatti and the doctor and Bullet all getting the, you know, the body of Ross back into the, the coroner's office. Yeah. By the way, did that newspaper say a peace talk something? Um, Must be talking catch it. Vietnam, a peace talk flurry? Po- probably. I know there, after the Tet Offensive, there were talks of peace talks. I don't know how many actually happened. Mm. <laughs> Nothing real happened until 73, <clears throat> so still a ways out. Also, you like this little bodega he goes into? Isn't that what they call him in New York? The bodega? Bodega. He goes in and he gets some, some fresh, delicious food. <laughs> oh, be, oh, his Swanson's Hunger Man's? Yeah. He, yeah, he grabs the fucking fresh produce and then he grabs the Hungry Man's. Dude, what are you doing? <laughs> you ain't got time for cooking. People never ate garbage in 1968. Are you sure? <laughs> are you sure? <laughs> 
Prepackaged food's been around for a little, quite a while, guys. And Chalmers rolls into the hosp. He sees the, <laughs> the hosp. He sees the nice clean bed. Never a good sign. Where's Grandma? Oh, she's <laughs> oh, with Granddad no. now. <laughs> Fuck. In hell. <laughs> <laughs> That's where she said he'd always go for fucking that whore. <laughs> okay, kid. I um, mm. I've got I got other patients to see. <laughs> <laughs> right this way. Lock him in a utility closet. <laughs> Dude, and I, I love God, how Chalmers much, is so annoying. He's incredibly he's annoying. disrupting yeah. the operations of this place. Right, I want to see so self-important. Right Super, yeah. Doesn't care how how his agenda might fuck up the the work and the lives of other people Correct. all around him. Correct. Like, oh, I need my thing. Right, my thing's also, more important. Dude, the way he leans on his name too, mm-hmm. where he's like, "Well, tell them that Walter Chalmers is down here." Yeah. Like, okay. Oh yeah. Fucking carries so much weight. Yeah. I'm looking for Johnny Ross. That's a good mob name. Johnny Ross. Not a made guy, Johnny though, Brasco. right? <laughs> no, yeah. He's a guy that used Flunky. to do hits. Old Johnny Ross. He's dependable. He's dependable. Until he steals $2 million and disappears. He does, from the mafia. <laughs> I think they said equivalent to $14 million nowadays. Oof. I read that somewhere. Quite a hefty sum. Uh, I'll have to forego the bedside picture. You're disgusting. God. Such a shit. The, even if the even if the guy had lived, and even if it was the real Ross who had gotten shot, you would go into his hospital room the next day after he's been blasted with buckshot to take a fucking picture, thumbs up, and with him. Like, really, man? Mm. Man, you piece of shit. In the chat, Danny says, "I like that they ne- that he never yells at anyone." Yeah, that's true. That, awesome. Nobody raises their voice in this movie, like at all. <laughs> Yeah, it, it makes perfect sense for the Chalmers character, though, because appearances are so important. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, honestly, not even Bullet yells at anybody in this movie. Right. That makes sense, though, for his kind of character. He's, he's, totally. not, a, he's not a lose-his-patience kind of guy. Chalmers no. has that seethingness to him. You feel like oh, he's definitely. seething underneath, right? Oh, yeah. But, 100%. But because he's a politician and because at any moment anyone could be watching, he does his best to, uh, to just use a quiet menace. I'll take everything away from you mm-hmm. with all my power. Would you like that? <laughs> and then uh, he gets a phone call. <laughs> is, is, is this where he get, does he get called by Bullet or or the captain here? Bullet calls him. That's right. Also, how look at how young Simon Oakland is. That's his name, right? No, 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 not we, we, Simon Oakland. What's the um, what's the other guy's name? God damn it! Which guy is that? Not, not the um, the one that the other police officer that he makes talk to Bullet, Captain Baker. He says, "Okay, I don't know. I don't recognize him because <clears throat> he looks so goddamn young." <laughs> Who has he played that I would recognize? He from? is. Oh, man, it's going to drive me fucking crazy. Oh, um, Norman Fell. He's in so much shit. He's Three's Company. Goddamn it! Holy shit. You, oh. you wouldn't know that. That's, I, I wouldn't imagine. Al fucking Roper from Three's Company. Holy shit. I mean, I've Stanley seen Roper, Stanley Roper. That's so nuts, dude. What a different he's character because he's such a comedic character. Right. He's also McCleary uh, in The Graduate, which was the year okay. before. Um, damn, 168 acting credits for Baker, i.e. Norman Fell. Damn, dude. Yeah, yeah he's been a ton of shit. Ton, so Hell, much shit. I'm a murder hero. Um <laughs> Oh, God, Mr. Fucking Rover, that's so nuts. <laughs> Here, hard-nosed fucking cop, threatening bullet alongside Chalmers. Yep. 
Yep. <laughs> Dude, also, don't you, didn't you love that little detail of Chalmers being like, oh, I'm sure he has taken my witness away for his own self-aggrandizement. Like, he thinks that's the only motive that other people have, too. Yeah. Yeah, like not that he would want to, you know, actually get justice, find out what happened, or protect anybody. No, he's just trying to make himself look good because that's all of the the only reason I do anything. So that must be surely why everyone does everything. I want him written off, no problem. Fuck, <laughs> brutal. So two captains, Wait. Baker and the other one there. Them better. Yeah, this this particular captain, I guess it's Baker. Uh, yeah, very much so in Chalmers' pocket. Uh, Bullets captain, not so much. Yeah. <clears throat> And uh, we got a nice little scene with uh, Bullet at home. Mm, some more. Dude, I love the, the just home relaxing with my girl sexy flute music. Oh, God. <laughs> the fuck uh, kind of life does good. this guy live? This girl walking around with, him with her stem sticking out of her shirt over here. <laughs> While he puts on his turtleneck and his sweet fucking chest holster. Yeah. Chest holster? <laughs> Yeah, where he holds his chest up. <laughs> it's what keeps it attached to him. He pulls you know out that? his... He, he, he keeps a fully armed and loaded chest in his chest holster. <laughs> well, what the fuck would you call it? A shoulder rig? I don't know. I guess. Never, I've honestly never seen one like yeah, the there, one he has. There's a lot of cool ones like that. Evidently, it's based off of the one uh, detective... I think his name's Toshi uh, War, the guy who was the, yeah, um, dude, Zodiac. the chief detective in the Zodiac case. Yeah, That's pretty cool. That's what he... He actually... Uh, evidently, Steve McQueen talked to him a bunch before this movie, and you know he was famous for having that particular style of holster, and he wore it for this movie as well. Yeah, pretty slick. I'm partial to the Huckleberry holster myself. I like to be able to <laughs> Draw while sitting down, taking your money at Sparrow. <laughs> <clears throat> Pharaoh? Not Sparrow. Pharaoh. Uh-oh. Is that the old school card game they play in Deadwood? Pharaoh? I think it is. I've never played Pharaoh. Only poker. <laughs> I've never seen Deadwood, so I don't know. You are fired, as my friend. Yeah. yeah. <sighs> Got to get around to it before they put out that movie. Yep. Blue, blue tactile neck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the tactile That's neck. what we'll call it since he's got a gun on. We can, we can yeah. get away with that shit. It looks so good. <coughs> Excuse me. God, only fucking Steve McQueen could make a turtleneck look badass. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Him and Archer. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> oh, oh, and sub-captains. If you're a submarine captain, you can wear that's the cool true. turtleneck with like the... Uh, the, the patches the, on the side. The patches the... along the shoulders. Yeah, yeah. shit looks I tight. I used to have one of those. Thought I was a sub-captain. <laughs> I wasn't. She's eating shredded wheat or some shit. Dain- daintily. <laughs> daintily. Sexily. Yeah. But that's, you know, he leaves out and heads back to the actual scene of the shooting. Yeah. The hotel room. Looks at that picture of the dude on the bed. Oof. Oof. Fucking gnarly. Fucking gnarly. Poor Stanton on the floor. There's you know, the, the shooting pattern all laid out. Pretty cool. It looks cool. And evidently, this was kind of a, an early movie for being this down in the details for the police procedure ah, and like really examining all the scenes and you know the the procedure for obtaining evidence and having it you know returned to the the police station all that stuff that was not really they didn't focus on that so much in other like noir detective stories mm. so uh our boy our 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 Italian boy Del Getty is trying to shake down this cat and he's not giving him anything <laughs> I I don't get a chance to look at him. I don't remember nothing. A little good cop, bad cop. <laughs> a little bit. Take him downtown. Well, he's not trying hard enough. 
And, and this is the, the, I guess it was the desk man for the hotel. Was that it? The, who, the, the guy they're questioning here. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think yeah. so. And they had, like, had knocked him out before they went upstairs. I didn't see nothing. <laughs> he had kind of a square face. Mm. He was between 5'3 and 6'9, somewhere in there. <laughs> Just fucking useless. Yep. But he does yeah, give him do some information. A, what kind of information does he give him, Mr. Anderson? Well, like we said, square face, gives him mm. a little bit thinner. And then he says that he saw how he arrived and that, ah. that it was in a cab. Ooh. Sunshine Cab Company. Ooh, that's important because we're going to get to Duval. Mm-hmm. That's some, now that's some good details. You finally remembered, you useless fuck. Yeah. And out he goes. I mean, Bullet goes while Del Getty's still talking to the man. Right, Yeah. He just goes ahead and heads on over. Am I helping you? I never had it so good. Ah, don't get it. Great <laughs> I, fucking dude, line, dude. That's such a good line. I love that line. <laughs> so good. I never had it so good. This is a fucking spa day for me. You kidding me? I'm in bliss. Oh, so good. What a great Never moment. had it so fucking good. Never had it so good. You're terrific, baby. <laughs> I swear you're the only girl for me. We get the iconic shot of him exiting the Mustang. And then uh, the water comes down on the back window of the cab, and we see it focusing on the dog. God, that's good filmmaking right there, right? They're really, dude, there are so many good shots in this movie. Uh, and uh, him approaching Duvall as, you know, shot through the windshield that's still covered in water. It's all blurred. Yep. So this is where we take creative license, and we just go, he, he, there was more legwork between here and the car wash, right? Right, right. That he must have found out. He, but he. It I doesn't guess we have matter. To assume, I feel like it doesn't. It, I think. No, I think if really. you're going to cut, that's a good place to cut. If you're yeah. going to trim yeah. back a little, like maybe he goes to the place. The guy says, "Oh yeah, he's, he just took his car up to the wash. Car sixty nine twelve. You know, he's up there. He didn't just right. randomly see him. I don't think too coincidental. Well, no, there's, yeah, there's no way he'd be able to figure out which taxi cab driver it was unless he probably went back through like records of trips from the previous yeah, night and exactly. talked to Sunshine. All this, all, all this detective work. And but what matters is we see him go to him. I agree. That's that's what matters. Yep. that's the person that needs to be questioned. That's the connection, and we get to it. It's not super compelling for that trail to be picked up on in film. I think that's a good cut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I agree. Because I thought about it for a minute. I was like, "Whoa, he, he's already found him." I'm like, "Oh, I guess a couple phone calls. We don't need to see all the bullshit." <laughs> right? Yeah, this movie is pretty thorough already. It doesn't have to do every damn thing. Yeah. Oh man, the, the shot of the the POV from inside the car wash and McQueen sitting there as the car comes through, and we yeah, just see him kind of come so into focus. Ah, that's cool. Love it. I love it. A lot of good stuff like that. <laughs> and old Duvall. Good old Duvall. Well, first, you know, once he's riding with Duvall, he does stop to make a call, calls up one of his, uh, I guess, contacts. I love the way he Dude, opens the I the love call. this guy. Dues. He's like, <laughs> dues, you're do my favor. I need information. This guy from Johnny rules. Johnny Ross from Chicago. This guy rules. Yeah. No, I like Eddie. <sighs> Eddie rules. Um, Weird facial hair, but I'll dig him. Man, does he, that, this is basically my dad <laughs> in this time <laughs> period. Give me half an hour, see it in Rico's. Yeah, this is my dad in, like, early 70s. <laughs> Just sporting that biker fucking hair. Oh, my God. He was. <laughs> we don't talk about it, but he was in the little bike gang for a little while. <laughs> the family's real hush-hush. <laughs> real hush-hush about Pops and being in a fucking bike gang back in the day. But, um, uh, yeah, great close-up of him in the phone booth, by the way. Oh, yeah. 
And then we get another little tidbit of information from uh, the cab driver here when he says, yeah, he stopped to make a call and it was long distance. And he's like, well, how did mm. you know that? And he's like, well, you put in a lot of change. <laughs> and like, I actually like the cab driver picking up on that. That's a kind of detail I feel like a cabbie would notice. 100%. Paying attention to what his customers are doing. 100%. The kind of money they have and just all of it. Yep, I, I totally agree with that. I think, I think cab drivers pick up many, many details about people every day. We talked about that with collateral. That yeah, we did. Like, that is yep. boy, that is like a hell of a school of observation. Especially him in collateral because he was so meticulous. Totally. But isn't yeah. that funny that we isn't it funny we're picking up on something here too because he just cleaned the cab. Oh true. Kind yeah, of, kind that's of true. interesting. Ridiculous. Yeah. And, and I just totally imagine if you're if you've been a cabbie for years, I mean that is just so much people watching and interacting that it's like you would have to just start picking up and learning things. You 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 almost would learn whether you tried to or not. Yep. Uh, so we see uh, Chalmers going to uh, going to talk to uh, Captain Bennett, I believe. That is it. Stopping him outside his church, like a, again, interrupting everybody's fucking life. To, He's to, trying to go to church with his family. Uh, well, what about all my shit? I can imagine the financial strain on a captain's fucking salary. Yeah, not in twenty eighteen, pal. Fucking captains making crazy fuck. money. Are you kidding me? <laughs> so much money. Dude, do you know how much money Mass State Police officers make? A gajillion dollars. <laughs> really? They're all gajillionaires? Dude, gajillionaires. Damn. Crazy money Dude. Mass State cops Dude. make. And Man, by the way, a captain that. makes crazy money. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. Well, I, I, that maybe been really maybe less back was. then. Yeah. It would have been such a good rejoinder in this fucking scene. If he's like, oh, uh, yeah, you know, it would be really hard, you know, I imagine, for your salary to afford a salary. He's like, no, it's not. It's fine. We have a very we have a very healthy college fund actually. I don't really give a shit. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> I can't use my bribery powers on you. Let's see. Let's see if I'm talking out of my ass here. This got police captain screaming at his fucking phone right now. Uh it says uh the median is seventy seven thousand four hundred and twenty five, upwards of one hundred and fifty. Yeah. Still though, that's not that's not crazy to be paying for fucking kids to go to school and plus everything else in your life. But sure. it's not bad. Plus upwards of 151. For captains or police officer? Captain. Oh, okay. El Capitan. Yeah, man. That's pretty healthy. It's not bad. I'm curious now. Massachusetts state police salary? What do you think, <laughs> what do you think that is? Mm, I'm going to say 50. Um, annual average 104,000. Wow. Okay. Holy shit. <laughs> Fucking crazy, dude. One hundred and four thousand dollars. Yeah. Damn. Jesus Christ. Well, damn. <laughs> anyway, um. So yeah, he's just being a douche to him. He is. And I, I like that the captain has bullets back here. It's his case, Mister Chalmers. He's yeah. going to make the decisions about it. If he's doing it, he must think it's necessary. Yeah, talking about moving the the body of Ross, or just at this point, they don't know that he's dead. Like that that he has taken away his witness. That's right. And that's when this squirmy little shit already had it all printed up and ready. The writ of habeas corpus, and mm. that he wants to demand that bullet reveal. You know where he took his witness. Habeas corpus. <laughs> <clears throat> but um, off to. Uh, <laughs> So he goes to see his man. He goes to see his informant. That's it. Good old boy, Eddie. 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 What do you think about old Eddie? <laughs> he is 
delightfully sleazy. I love him. He's awesome. They caught Johnny Rush with his hands in the till. (laughs) And he was operating their wire service. That's what he was doing for them. So, yeah, definitely not a made man, definitely not a real mobster. He's just on their financial side of shit and stealing from them. Yep. Such a bad move. They tried to kill him from the mob. And and he got away. That's it. Yep. Tried to get rid of him Friday, but he bounced out of Chicago. Yep. So they tried to get rid of him. He bounced out of Chicago. So he must have contacted a politician in San Francisco. Yeah, I'm assuming he straight up contacted Chalmers. That must have been how it went, right? Yeah, because he fled straight to San Francisco and called Chalmers, basically being like, I can be an informant for the mob. Yeah. And just trying to whack him. Haven't heard. (laughs) Anything I can do for you? There is something. Zazu, they gave him three to five (laughs) for accepting (laughs) stolen property. (laughs) Oh, dude, that's amazing. And he's like, well, I'll try. I'll see what I can do. Nice. <laughs> Receiving stolen property. <laughs> and you know that Bullet's still such a, a good, honest cop. That he's not doing anything crooked here. He's probably just going to try to like put in a good word or like submit a, you know, a fucking character testimony for this fucking guy. Dude. Yeah, absolutely. You're right about he's that. Gonna, he's going to be a good boy. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it's time. Yeah. Dude, yeah, we have fucking arrived. It's time. The so kickoff. What do you think, pal? Dude, it's fantastic. I mean, it's just a classic. It's a fucking classic badass car chase. It is. It very much is. Fucking killer. Yeah. Great scene. I um I remembered this scene. I loved this shit as a kid and I loved chases when I was a kid. This kind of this was just so exhilarating. Um totally, man. Just love. I was so I was so kind of born and bred with fucking James Bond and its chases, which there's plenty of you know good ones in those older movies, but this really is on a different level. Like this, this chase is fucking so intense and so fast. And I, I, honestly, I like the, how wide a lot of the shots are. For Me this. too. Just seeing the cars soaring past buildings without the camera being right on top of them. Me too. Yep. Yeah, I thought that was I thought that was really slick. Any any time there, you know, because you don't want it to be too. I don't know, you don't want it to be too, too much close up, too much stylized, like hands gripping wheels and shit like that. You know what I mean? Right. You don't. It's you don't want to be too cheesy. I guess is my point. <laughs> uh, now, this the the, you know, the interesting thing about this chase is that it starts out slow as far as them kind of circling around each other. Well, they're following him, and he turns the tables on them. Exactly pretty slow uh, but but it's fucking cool how like there's you know we get this kind of still this saucy jazz music it's kind of this lead up moment but once it kicks off in in full the music just goes away and it is just the sound of these roaring fucking engines yeah oh, it's so good apparently um that that cool shot of the reverse and the in the the peel out is accidental cuz he misses a turn oh i did not get yeah that. it's kind of cool it's fucking going backwards in the car. I guess he missed a turn. I was reading about that somewhere. But I, I want to talk, obviously, Steve McQueen's a pretty cool cat, but uh, the I, I want to talk about uh, Bill Hickman. Mm, yeah. So the, Also in 7-Ups, another famous car chase. Uh, French Connection. Ooh, and French Connection, shit. Yeah. Um, so Bill Hickman's pretty interesting guy. He, he, does, he is a stunt driver. He drives the Charger. Um, he became an actor. He was a stunt driver first, but he has pretty cool stories about James Dean. 
Yeah, I guess he was really close to James Dean. Apparently one of the first on the scene of his crash and was his driver, but obviously wasn't driving the Spider that day, that Porsche that that James Dean fucking killed himself in. And he said that James Dean was a great fucking driver and believes he could have been a champion driver. That's what Bill Hickman said about James Dean. Damn. Pretty wild. That's intense. Yeah, I thought that was that was nuts. Um, before, coming, be, before becoming a famous movie stuntman, he was James Dean's driver in 55. When the latter was killed after a roadside accident, Hickman driving the Ford station wagon and trailer that hauled Dean's Porsche 550 Spider was the first on the scene when he came upon the accident. Fuck, that's brutal. Brutal. On his friendship with James Dean, Hickman says, In those final days, racing was what he cared about most. I had been teaching him things like how to put a car in a four-wheel drift, but he had plenty of skill on his own. If he had lived, he might have become a a champion driver. We had a running joke. I'd call him Little Bastard. He called me Big Bastard. I never stopped thinking of those memories. Ah, damn. That's heartbreaking. Fucking wild, huh? God, that is crazy. Yeah, I had no idea. I didn't either. Yeah, Bill Hickman, this Bill Hickman guy's a cool cat, and I didn't, I didn't realize James Dean had driving prowess. Pretty neat. Um, I know that uh, McQueen, after uh, an accident, I guess, doing some of his stunts, was like didn't do him anymore. Right? Did you read about that? No, his I didn't wife read about was like, he can't do this anymore, and there was uh, a stunt man in the car, and he was fucking pissed off about it. But <laughs> I know he did uh, a lot of racing and like motorcycle racing as well. Yep. He's definitely a fairly accomplished driver. Oh, uh, Bill Hickman does the Great Escape motorcycle jump for him, I believe, right? No, it's not Bill Hickman. Oh, it's not. It's a, um, it's a guy, uh, Bud Eakins, who's oh. also in this movie. He's one of the. He's, he's the, the driver. He's driving the Mustang, right? Um, no, he's actually a guy who's driving the guy who lays down the motorcycle. Yep, that's him. Yeah, that's awesome. I think he drives the Mustang too at times too, doesn't he? Maybe I'm not sure about that though. Hmm. Um, but yeah, he's also the, yeah, the double for McQueen in Great Escape. That's the rad. only other Steve McQueen movie I've seen, by the way. Yeah. Which is, which is a shame. <laughs> I should hmm. see more. You've never seen um, fucking Jesus Christ. Why can't I think? I, my, my mind is shot. <laughs> the day he podcasted too much. <laughs> uh, I don't know what I'm trying to say. Watch more Steve McQueen is my point. I can't think All of right. a fucking movie. Sorry. <laughs> Well, the- actually, I have seen the original Magnificent Seven. It's just also been a million years. Oh, there you go. I forgot he was in that. So <laughs> just goes to show you how well I remember it. Yep. Yeah, so anyway, enough, enough Bill Hickman. But I thought you'd think that was cool, right? Prowess is, is a fun. stunt driver. An actor whose prowess is known better as a stunt driver. Pretty wild. <laughs> uh, but yeah, these cars bombing across the highway. It's cool. I like it. I like that it's a little table turn action and just slick, man. Yeah. No, it's uh, just... Like I said, the sounds of just these roaring engines, the fucking burning tires, uh, it's so good. And watching this again, it makes me realize how much drive specifically took from this sequence, this particular chase, especially once they're out on the open highway. I'll tell you, you know, did you did you get the impression that uh, Heat borrowed some of the last scene in this movie too? The, oh, the big airport time. shit, right? Yeah. Holy crap. Oh my God, so much. I thought that was really cool. Like an homage. I'm sure uh, Scorsese was a fan of this movie as, when he was younger. <laughs> Definitely. <clears throat> and dude, the other, uh, I would say the single most memorable thing about the, the chase sequence for me that I remembered as, as a kid for years even, just the cars straight catching air going over the hills yeah, in San Francisco. That shit is intense. I know they had to modify some of the suspension for each of the cars just to be able to do it. Right. 
Yeah, pretty wild, man. The other thing I like about it is a guy like Bill Hickman, you look at him and you're like, oh, that just looks like an accountant dad. <laughs> I know. But he's he just does. fucking steel nerves. Just Oh, yeah. Just, Puts, pulls on those leather gloves and yeah, just dude. fucking tearing it up. Um, I like when they start ripping the shotgun rounds out of the charger and you see the, you see the shells actually hit the street. Pretty cool. When oh, he, shit. When he racks that. the shotgun. You see it. I can't remember what shot it is, but you actually see one of the one of the shells hit the hit the street. It bounces Damn. down the street as they're storming past. So you know, like the guy fired a blank. One of the stuntmen fired a blank, and then racked it, and it and it tumbles down to the street. Really, it's a real quick oh, moment. Yeah, I can see it. Oh <laughs> my god, that's so fucking badass. Ah, I love shit like that. Just looks so amazing. Oh, and fucking the getaway, he- Danny Fouch. Thank you, Jesus Christ. The what? The getaway. The getaway. Oh, no, I haven't seen that. I didn't realize he was in the original Thomas Crown. That's pretty wild. Yeah. Lap sash seatbelt. These fucking nerds know all the... These are our car nerds in the chat right now. They know all this shit. <laughs> I don't know dick about it. <laughs> What's he yeah, say over do. here? Bullet Mr. Turner was an actual mistake. Then the axle tramp in reverse. Lap sash seatbelt. You guys are getting me fucking wet. <laughs> <laughs> anything else any more fucking brain burners that was uh, <laughs> good stuff oh earlier they were saying dean mounts his submarine katana hair clip perfectly placed hey it's not a hair clip it's a hair tie and it's a highlander hair tie get it right guys if you're gonna break mm-hmm. my balls gotta come keep on your mythology straight gotta keep your mythology straight um anyway he runs these guys off the road. How many hubcaps came off that car, by the way? More than four. Like 15. More than four tires, right? <laughs> so many hubcaps flying out of this thing. Oh, shit. That's funny. It's, like as, it's as if they had a backseat just full of stolen hubcaps. That's the other like side quest they're on. <laughs> just <laughs> flinging out the window. <laughs> I love it. Hey, he's knocking all our gold caps out. Get the shoddy. Dude, the shot of those guys burning in the goddamn car. What was Dude. that? Was that like wax people? I know. Yeah, I was like, I That's was really shocked good. by that. I was like, whoa, that was way more intense and violent than I expected to see. Like, holy <laughs> shit, they're just in there burning. So now that we got two bodies here, we're we're making bullets, making life harder on uh, on Captain Bennett, isn't he? <laughs> He's not playing by the book. He's making it a little harder on him. <laughs> and dude, this actually, guy's got one of the block most... for it. a concrete block is ahead. Oh, absolutely! Just a straight cinder block on shoulders, um, dude. Before we go past it, though, actually, one of the like the way he loses control of his car right after he taps them off oh, the road dude. and they go flying out. The way it skids sideways had me fucking like my heart racing. I was like, Oh God. Pretty sweet. Uh, if you've ever been in a car that's fucking spinning out like that and sliding sideways, Oh, the feeling. It Jesus. sucks. It's awful. It blows. So does your internet connection, by the way, fix it, get a better one, <laughs> buy more. Right, I'm gonna yell at it. Pay more money. Fucking step up your game, son. You're four years in. What's your excuse? Let's go. <laughs> fucking has two problems tonight and last time that's it call no i just don't always bring attention to them but i had to on that one because i know the live people can't hear you it sounds like somebody's literally choking you to death and just a little air is coming out but i think you were saying the anxiety was getting to you because you were in a car that spun out and stuff right and i can definitely wrap my head around that being in a car that spins out of control makes you realize you have really that your little meat body Oh yeah, can do so nothing horrible. against a combustion engine when it's going at high speeds, and it just and it just fucking you lose control. 
That's why when people, when you lose control, you get a whole new respect for vehicles. Absolutely. That pants-shitting moment I, I, of being out of control. You're just I've a passenger. Said, <laughs> yeah. I've always, I've always repeatedly said, like, more people need to be in car wrecks. <laughs> like, more people need to experience, not, not get hurt, not die, obviously. Just need to experience being in a car going wildly out of control, yeah. flipping. I'm like, then your ass is going to, I've never been know, in a flip, though, worse. so knock on wood oh. on that. Oof, I, I know, I know you have. Not fun. <laughs> so that's why I mean hey and also it makes car chase sequences in movies way more intense that's you're true like, holy shit that's scary you're like bro you don't understand you have no idea you're gonna be that guy now every car chase Jesus Christ no Thank I, God. I, I would ask you to <laughs> I would ask you to take my head you have no idea guy no no you shouldn't really talk about this I've been there I've been in a don't flipping car it. dude don't say it unless you know you don't know <laughs> I know it's hard for you to use your brain and imagine such a terrible thing, but you don't really know. I know. But for real, though, you don't. <laughs> so funny. Anyway, um, McQueen gets reamed. <laughs> Getting the old fucking blast treatment. And Al Roper over here, he's like, oh, uh, Chalmers could be a great help to our department. He <laughs> could speak for us where it counts. So uh, what I'm trying to say is uh, chug his cock a little. Okay. Just give it a little squish and squabble. You know. Help us out here. You gonna chug it? (laughs) Come on. Be a team player. I just like the dead eyes. (laughs) So many. So much dead dead eyes. eyes. I love how they try to do this whole morality play, too. Smuggling a dead man out of the hospital. Yeah, because he breaks the news here. That's important. That's it. That's it. Because he does tell them, oh, my witness, he's dead. Oh, he's fucking dead. (laughs) He's been, he's been dead for a while. <laughs> Al Roper moralizes, like you said. Mm-hmm. How could you? What kind of man? <laughs> what kind of man? <laughs> Uses a gambit. <laughs> That's where he gets honest with him. I've got one lead, and I want to move on it. <laughs> and this is the, the phone call. Danny Fouch has been in a flipped van with 800 pounds of equipment behind him. So take oh, that, Jesus. Matthew. So you don't that, even that, know, okay? That makes me fucking sweat <laughs> just thinking about it. Oh, my buddy, uh, my buddy Jim, he flipped a dump truck, dude. Fuck. Jesus. Yeah. That's an accomplishment in and of itself. How do you fucking do that? He was on a hill and the fucking excavator guy was not good and he was digging into the hill and he fucking collapsed oh, the hill and the dump truck, boom, like flipped down or over the hill. He's lucky he didn't die. He got fucked up, that's, but he was he was he, he was fine. He did get injured though. Crazy, right? Digging, you're digging into the fucking hill, like not in the right so spot. So he like dug the dirt out from under their Correct. tires, essentially. Like, Correct. Oh, fucking Jesus. Yep. Yep. He because it was a massive hill. He works at a quarry, a rock quarry, or he did. He doesn't anymore. Thank God. That was a rough job, dude. That's hard work. That sounds like it. And uh, God, yeah, flip the old dump truckaroo. Hmm. Yes. <laughs> just a quick flip yeah anyway um yeah tried to nail me with a shotgun I love that yeah, he's like they tried to, to kill me. me that's why they're dead <laughs> that's why okay but of course the bodies are burned beyond all recognition they, they, they're basically like well you got no other leads now and he's like well actually I do and that's when he brings up the name of the woman that Ross had called from the payphone, Dorothy Simmons indeed indeed he called her hotel room in San Mateo that's right his wife Fake name, by the way. Mm-hmm. Called it from a phone booth approximately nine hours before he was killed. So That's he called it. the girlfriend. What does that prove? <laughs> that he's not gay? 
<laughs> that's something. That's something Al Roper would want to. By the way, do you know? While we're speaking about that, do you know that that's the Three's Company premise? That John Ritter, <laughs> yes. you know that, right? He pretends to be gay, yeah, so yeah, they're he's not pretending to be gay, so he can live with the hot girls. Two of them, yeah, yeah, too funny. Anyway, <laughs> <clears throat> well, he says this is Sunday. I'm going to hold the writ until uh, he's basically saying he's basically saying what every annoying tech company says, like, "Oh, sorry, no business hours today. You got to call on Monday." Fuck, <laughs> no internet until Monday. <laughs> Right. But that's essentially what he's doing. He's like, listen, it's Sunday, so we don't have to fuck with this order now. You have today to figure this out. Right. Well, he's doing bullet a solid, basically, of like, all right, I'm not going to fucking report this to Chalmers. Go do what you got to do. Wait till Monday. Awesome. Captain's got his back, man. Of course he does. He trusts him. He's got a huge block as a head. It's massive. (laughs) You got to, the big block headed people, they got to trust us roundheads. We were looking out for them. Absolutely. They can't fit into cars and what such. Dude, that guy's fucking bulldog head. You could punch that guy so many times before he went out. <laughs> He'd be like that dude at Mulholland Drive <laughs> fucking coming into <laughs> Billy Ray Cyrus's house. You just crack a two-by-four over his head. It just breaks, and he just, like, blows his nose and pours a cup of coffee. And you're like, holy shit. He reminded me, of, speaking of death scenes I watched in Sopranos, spoiler, by the way, oh. fucking Bacala, that big, giant Italian guy. He reminded me of him. <laughs> okay. I can't remember him. Big giant Italian guy. That's what he reminded me of. But um, I like the slick little play. He's getting the girl involved, driving in her sweet little Porsche. Uh-huh. <laughs> I wonder if he just completely lied to her. He's like, no, nah, baby, we're going to go for like a nice sweet date on the countryside. No it's going to be lovely. But also pull into this hotel. No chance he lied. Nah. Nah, he's a good guy. Yeah, but he, I just love that. He's, he's so like, I'm, I'm going to go check this out. Hopefully it's not bad and a horrible murder that you're going to have to witness. Yeah, I, yeah, he's probably thinking she's not even going to be here. Right. Or that, you know, maybe she'd be here and you can talk to her and find out something. Not that he just walks in on a fucking murder. Dude, man. how intense. It's fucking brutal. She looked good, though. <laughs> I can tell if you weren't strangled up, side up. I could I'd tell if you weren't. Back on it. I could tell if you weren't cast aside like a slaughtered beast. Ugh. They'd be pretty hot. <laughs> <laughs> that's what all the cops stand around taking pictures ah, it's a real shame oh, so you, hot oh, you know it <laughs> they're like on, outside of the strangulation I like a race just saying <laughs> but um the, the, the point of the scene is double served this is cool because we get some character stuff here as well right because she gets worried seeing all these cop cars pulling up of course she runs inside to, to go see what the hell's going on check on him and Again, gets a big full dose of this horrible sight of this woman just thrown to the floor, all, you know, fucking legs splayed out, all weird, fucking just a corpse. Sucks. Awful. And this scene I really like, man. I really dig this scene. Me too. Just just the way it's shot, just that, that, yeah. that she walks so far off into the distance and he follows with the background all just completely blurred out behind him and just joins her just to, to see what's up, to see what the hell's on her mind. Yeah. You're living in a sewer, Frank. That's what a lot of it is. Just sewer. Yep, yep. The ugliness this, around this, us. Again, this shot right here that I like a lot is so many good the, ones way, right the way she is shot you know, over his shoulder, her mouth is actually blocked out by his shoulder. Yep. Um, and it, like, Him for in the me, frame, it made, too. Looks yeah, awesome. and it, 
it makes me wonder. It's kind of one of those things where, like, it kind of puts it in your mind of like, how much is this getting through to him mm-hmm. in a way? But I think it is. I think it actually, in truth, it is. But it makes you wonder about like, is he really hearing her? Is he really listening? Is it there? You know, is it connecting, or is he so numb that he's not hearing it? And um, uh, the, but the, I think the grass in front of the camera too looks great. Yeah, really well <laughs> shot. Yeah. Are you so used to it by now that nothing really touches you? And he just says, "You know, look, time starts now, baby." Starts now. Come on, new baby. life. I got one more guy to kill, and then we're done. <laughs> so I gotta waste one more dude, baby. You don't gotta be there for that one. I promise. <laughs> I'm gonna blast him on my own time, on work time. Yep. So uh, she got whacked by oh, yeah, exactly by. She was thinking, "Oh, it's my husband," and yay, we're gonna go on that vacation. They said, "Oh, who are you, Dad? You kind of look like my husband." Oops. Oops. <laughs> we gotta get out of here. Have trusted this shysty mobster guy. Yeah, but yeah. So she was strangled. She but they, was. The luggage here is our next clue. This is good stuff. That's it. This is the really good stuff. Because this is when they finally piece it together that, wait a minute, Rennick, Rennick, who's Rennick? This is Great not name. anybody, right? This is, you know, it seems so totally unrelated until you realize like, oh, fuck, this has all been a double the whole fucking time. Very cool. How do they figure that out? By finding, what is it, the traveler's checks? Yeah, a lot of money in there, man. Whole lot of money. Like, that is like, we're going to go start a new life somewhere else money. Yep, his and her stuff. Mm -hmm. Look at how much money he's got. Yeah, there's a book of hundreds. Books, multiple books of hundreds. So much. (laughs) Put that in your pocket, Del Getty. But they have to see, you know, those are signed with his real name. You know, that's what's important about it. Those are the ones made out to Ross. Which ones? The the checks. Is that, that's the giveaway about the name. Rennick, right? Who, yeah. Who the I, hell's Rennick? I, that's where they finally see the name Rennick. Yeah. This is the first time. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. Albert E. Rennick. Need a sip. Give me one second. The nineteen sixty eight fax machine, Danny says. Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> I actually like the way the movie shot that too, to be honest. Yeah, like the way it focuses on the strange sounds of it and just, you know, because what's interesting about that is I feel like a lot of, and I feel like this goes for people making movies nowadays. Like we don't focus on the technology of our time with any like attention to detail or like reverence because it's kind of like, oh, yeah, it's just the shit we use all the time. Like nobody was zooming in on beepers in 90s movies like, oh, look at this beeper. But there's something interesting about like, it, it, the way they shoot it, I know this is a lot to say about a fucking, I think just, it's just the shot suspense of, a of the information coming through. Too. Yeah, and and like using the sound of the machine itself and how to, long it to takes to kind of help tension. build that. Yeah, yeah, yeah hell yeah. Like they, yep. It's like, it's almost kind of like a real bit of foresight of being like this little piece of technology, the way it works right now, how it's kind of slow and makes the sound, that could add to the actual drama of the scene. Like let's let's use that. That's yep. cool. Awesome. Yeah, I like that. Oh, the, the men's clothing said AR. So we know Dorothy Rennick, DR. So AR, we can start thinking, hmm, there must be another Rennick here. Mm-hmm. No ticket, no passport. Obviously, he made off with that shit. Oh, yeah. No, that he snatched that up. Because the real Rennick is fucking dead. His wife is now dead. Because mm. I, I guess Ross must have been involved in that arrangement. Like, they, she must have been able to recognize him. What do you mean? That she would be able, that's why he went back there and killed her. Because she would be able to to point him out. She knows who the real Ross is and looks like. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She's part of the whole thing. She's got to go. She's a witness. That's it. Witness. His last loose end. <laughs> uh, let's see. Morgue, right? 
Yeah, this is the scene where we're hearing about the lacerations and also signs of surgical, like, sutures behind uh, some of, I guess, his skin. <laughs> yep. We have to, uh, oh, I believe Steve McQueen, I believe because he did some work with police in this for technical advisement, brought him to a morgue, and I guess he kept it together pretty well. Oh, good. I think they, were pro- they must have been fucking with him. <laughs> All right, for, for this role, you're going to have to stare at these actual dead bodies. <laughs> it's the only way. It's the only way you can be prepared because you do so much of that in this movie. <clears throat> but, uh, yeah, they got the fingerprints here. And uh, another, another hump in on fucking Chalmers. Wait, what's that? Chalmers Sorry. shows up to be a douche. Oh, okay. He's like, I, I want you to accept responsibility. <laughs> I might have. He's like, I, you know, I want you to accept responsibility for, for Ross's death. Mm, Admit it. That's Sign it. this thing that Ross died in your custody. What? And he's like, I will when I'm ready. I love it. <laughs> so good. Wait till you get this sweet facts. I love how the deeper he gets into this, the more dismissive he is. Like, he's just like, right. okay, goodbye, because I'm close here. Yeah. He knows he's right. Yeah. He's this, like, okay, great. This guy's just getting in the way. He's annoying. Telecopier. <laughs> and that's when they fax over the actual file on Albert Rennick, used car salesman from Chicago. Let's have a listen to that machine, shall we? Do you want to hear it? I know you kind of want to hear it, don't you? Yeah, I kind of want to hear yeah, it. Yeah, you kind of want to hear it. I can tell. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. It's what do like we got there? up like it's just full of gears and gremlins. <laughs> it's a gizmo. <laughs> that the girl, that the goyle. We're all going to talk like they're in New York now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I like how he, I like how they put the phone on it. I don't have no idea how it works. It's wild. It really like that's one of those pieces of technology where it's not it's not like something from the 1800s, but it's still far away enough now compared to what we have. Where it's like I couldn't even figure that out. <laughs> like I like I would have to read about it if I had to use that. Like I I have no idea how this shit works. Comes the next one. Everybody stand around. Intention. Solemn faces. Fucking reaction shots of men waiting. <laughs> Just hard faced men. Yeah, exactly. Words to a stop. <laughs> comes out uh, laminated too, huh? It's pretty fancy. Yeah, it's some kind of weird paper that comes out. That thing probably lasted forever too. <laughs> Just a fucking built like a brick shit house. Yep. Ross. Or no. Albert Kennick. Rennick. Excuse me. Mm-hmm. Why did I say Kennick? Albert Rennick, used car salesman. You sent us to guard the wrong man, Chalmers. Oh, damn. So good. Chalmers pooped his pants. Al Roper doesn't know what's going on. Because what I love about that, too, is that that means, and I'm sure Chalmers realizes now, that he got played. Yep. That Ross played him. Like, oh, you thought you were so smart. You're on top of all of this. This is your whole big to-do. You're in charge of the show. Nah, he played you. Played mm-hmm. everybody. And Bullet figured it out. Yeah. Well, he stole $2 million from the organization, and he set Rennick up to get the heat off him, basically. He killed Rennick's then, wife to shut her up. That's it. And off to the airport they go to intercept his flight. Absolutely. Get this guy. Another um, fucking cool sequence of very slow, deliberate ah, tension. It's great. Great, great it's final really act, good. I guess you'd call this. Mm-hmm. They find out that he's confirmed his flight, but uh, you know he hasn't checked in yet. 
And they're like, well, he could do that at the gate. So they, they're basically trying to find out what gate he's at and have them check all passengers. Yep. And uh, you could fucking carry guns on the planes back then. Oh, hell yeah, you could. Nobody would be the wiser. Just put a fucking ankle strap on there and go for it. Let me shoot the window out and see what happens. Yeah, how else are you going to get the gremlin off the wing? <laughs> Beautiful. Chalmers follows him to the fucking airport. <sighs> fucking turd. <laughs> fucking turd-ass bitch boy. God. I'm going to find my man. I'm going to do it. You remember the moment in Goodfellas where he's like, you're fucking hanging over me. You're, you're fucking... That's really right. Like, I want Joe Pesci to say that. Like, <laughs> you're like a fucking vulture on my neck. <laughs> Give me some breathing room. <laughs> yeah, sorry, but you're into me for seven fucking big ones here. You, you owe me seven lunch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Fuck. Yeah, Joe Pesci would have straightened his ass out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he would have hit him in the head with a payphone. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, motherfucker, you. Tell my friend to stick a pen up his ass. <clears throat> <laughs> Who's the little girl? Yeah. Who's crying now? Dude, them scanning the crowd, just posting up, scanning everybody going through here. Like, such good use of a crowd, of a crowd of people. All these faces that that he could be. And they know what he looks like, but at the same time, just having to search through all these faces. And and the plane is already boarding. Yeah. so good. It's out on the tarmac. And Chalmers says, the organization... Several murders could do us both a great deal of good. He's still trying to play it. Look, Chalmers, let's understand each other. I don't like hmm. you. Uh, Come on man. now. Don't be naive, right? We both know careers are made, baby. <laughs> Integrity is something you sell to the public. You sell whatever you want, but don't sell it here tonight. Yes. So good. So fucking good. Integrity something you sell to the public. Ugh. <laughs> He basically fucking tells Chalmers to beat it. Oh, yeah. So good. Tell. So fucking stupid. Also, Del Getty standing behind him just looks like an assassin. <laughs> like, if true. he just adjusts his collar, like, if, if McQueen adjusts his collar a certain way, basically you're going to get Del Getty putting a garrote around his neck and strangling him to death. <laughs> so ready with that widow's peak. <clears throat> but Frank, sometimes we all have to compromise. <laughs> Bullshit. Yeah. Now get the hell out of here. Ah, so good. Yeah, and they bring, they taxi the, the plane back. People on Pan Am, where'd they go, by the way? Oh, straight down into the watery Ooh. abyss. <laughs> gone crazy. forever. Gone, gone, gone. Like them Super Max 8s, huh? It's a crazy story. Dude, right? Yeah, Oof. they uh on their way out. Uh, my uh, A woman I work with, his daughter, was literally about to board one. Whoa. Calls her mom and says, my flight just got canceled. She was in Charlotte. Oh, shit. And she was like, what do I do? And she's like, why are they canceled? She's like, I'm not sure. And then we found out why. Oh. Crazy, huh? Damn. Freaky. Freaky. That was what, Thursday they did that? Yeah. No. What's today? Thursday? That was Tuesday. Wednesday? Wednesday. (laughs) Monday? Sunday? Friday? (laughs) It's yesterday. It's Tomorrow? One, it's one of the seven days. September? All of the days it happened. Um, I like uh, I like him walking against the grain of the people. Ah, it's so good. It's cool. This is, uh, again, like super subtle. There's no music behind this. Nope. It's very, it's quiet. And, and just using the crowd of people and that physical blocking 
to to ratchet up the tension here. And and once he, he there's that great moment where he mm. makes eye contact with Ross and Ross makes eye contact with him like they see Oops. each other. But they're each still trying to play it cool for a second. Like he still only slowly stands up. Uh, Bullet only kind of just slowly keeps making his way down, looking around at everybody, not just at him. But then that moment hits where he turns the other way, mm. starts walking towards the end of the plane, and then starts fucking running. Awesome. Ah, it's so fucking good. Yep, good stuff. And then we have a uh, a little chase out there. Yes, uh, the prequel to Heat right here. Mm-hmm. Fucking just dives out the back. Has to jump out the that's back of that fall, plane. That's a fall, man. That's height. That's a fall. That's like 15, 20 feet. That's, that's <laughs> no joke. Snap your ankles doing that shit. Oh, especially in the business shoes. Not great for impact. <laughs> right. All these cops back in the day with these like wooden soled <laughs> leather fucking <laughs> dockers just jumping around, running over buildings. Great and for shit. stomping a suspect into submission, but. But not for arch support. <laughs> not 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 great for acrobatics <laughs> or shock absorption or anything else. Well, while filming Looking this scene, swell. Matthew, where What's the that? giant airliner taxis just above Steve McQueen, observers were shocked that no double was used. Asked Damn. if the producers couldn't have found a dummy, McQueen said they did. <laughs> yeah, a little self-deprecating humor. Can you believe that shit? He was out there with them fucking planes flying around, moving around. Oof. Dude, jet turbines are terrifying. <laughs> no shit, man. <laughs> you stand the wrong way by one of those, and you will get sucked up like dust into a vacuum cleaner. Yep. Ugh. Yep. Freaky. But yeah, it's a it's badass. Look, I mean, him yeah. just having to run through these lights and then off into the to the grass, like we already talked about, like heat. Him chasing him down towards the you know the little embankment. Yeah, it's awesome. And this guy opened fires. It's true. Opens from quite fire, the distance. Yeah, Which yeah, like, with a pistol. He's like, I don't know. <laughs> little, Take a fucking pot desperate. shot. A little desperate. I'm like, one-handed pistol firing from that far away. I'm like, eh, you're probably not going to hit him, man. Yeah. McQueen, not a great runner, huh? Too much smoking. Much better driver. <laughs> much better driver. <laughs> Killer driver. Meanwhile, Del Getty's getting some help from um, police, uh, airport police. He draws his pistola, and uh, off he goes. They go back inside. He's sweating a little bit and looking for the man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> looking for him again. Looks searching through the crowd. And uh, we get the final showdown here. Oh, dude. It's so... What I like about the violence in this movie when it ha- does happen, it's swift and, and pretty brutal. Yep, like it's, it should be. It's not big, drawn-out, crazy gunfight. Like, it's very fast and, I'd argue, fairly realistic. Yeah. Bang, bang. Shoots the cop who blocks the door. And then dude, uh, McQueen puts fucking, two through oh, and kills him. Done. That is it, and dude, that what I'm what I part part of what bugged me, and not like it actually bothers me, but I'm like this fucking guy, he shoots through the door and kills that security guard, and then tries to shoulder open the door, and then gets shot by bullet and falls through the glass. I'm like, you really didn't want to just <laughs> shoot that glass a little more in front of you and get make a run for it? Yeah, you have a gun in your hand, man. A gun the, again. The the instinct was probably just to run and do what you would normally do. Shoulder, mm-hmm. try to shoulder the door open, you know? Exactly. A Although classy he move here him. by Bullet to cover the guy's face and head. That's true. Not just let a fucking dead man lay there in front of everybody. Yep, it's good stuff, man. And uh, that's, that's cool. it. I wonder who he was. What did he do? <laughs> what did he do? Oh, oh, my God. He got murdered by that man. Everyone's like, all right, back on the flights. 1968, guess what? They ain't canceling flights. <laughs> all right, everybody. We're going to get the mops out. Go ahead and step over the body. <laughs> 
Don't be late for your Jeez. plane. <laughs> <laughs> Does anybody want a free Starbucks gift card for your troubles? The best part of this is the support your local police on Chalmers' car. <laughs> and Chalmers just defeated that look of just defeat. Totally Although he still defeated. has his composure, you know, that's something Danny pointed out. He never really loses his composure, and that's kind of fascinating about the guy. And he just climbs into that car, and he's like, fuck. <laughs> this, well, he's the fucking guy who assumes he's going to win the next one. Like, he's always like, ah, well. He probably will. And he probably That's, that's what's will. interesting about the character, right? He's, he's in the game, and he knows how to play the game he's in. Yeah, exactly. That's pretty wild, man. But pretty crazy. I like it. I liked, I liked the way it wrapped. Simple. Me too. It man. didn't need it's any quiet. more than this. No. We don't need to see a new conversation with them. Like we know their relationship's going to, you know, continue. And he just has this quiet moment to himself, kind of for the first time in the movie. It's cool that we see that we see Johnny Ross get got, but then we also see Chalmers get got, and that's almost the bigger villain to us, based on his interactions with Bullet. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Like we we close on the the on the main bad guy, kind (laughs) of in a way, right? And then, like I was saying, like this quiet little moment of, of McQueen just getting to be alone. And, you know, we know the relationship with yeah, his girlfriend is going to continue on. Like they don't have to have some new profound conversation to put a cap on everything. Just goes, sees that she's asleep, goes to the bathroom, washes his hands, and looks at himself for a second, thinking. Yeah. That's, I love it. Like we don't need to get into inside of his head. Yep. Yeah, he balances the gun on the thing. He takes the gun off as that the, the the camera holds on the gun for a second. So when he's looking in the mirror, we know he's unarmed. It's kind of interesting. And uh, like you said, this contemplative moment. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I, I dig it. I dig it a lot. Doesn't look at himself for too long, but thinks about him. Mean, he's probably genuinely washing blood off of his hands and thinking about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, I'll tell you, it's it's kind of cool that the last shot is of the gun not on him. Yeah, like that it's been put down. It has, and I think that's that could signify him divorcing himself of the life a little bit. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of neat. I wonder how long Bullet stays on the force. Yeah, yeah, it's cool to see. It's cool. It's, it's, it's interesting that we go, that we don't close on the contemplative shot of him in the mirror. We close of the bullet, of the gun, excuse me, um... Not on his body, but we do close on it, so it's kind of a mixed bag. I like it a lot. It's cool, man. It it's a great fucking movie. Yeah. It's it really good. fucking solid. Enjoyed the hell out of it. Yep. I think that's a really good movie, and I'm, I was happy to, to talk about it. Listener comments, I suppose, we should discuss, though, now. Indeed. I, I uh, pinned that announcement to the top so it's easier to find in the future. Ooh, very good yeah. idea. Why have we not been I don't know, because it just time. occurred to me you can have more than one announcement, which pins. I didn't realize that. <clears throat> anyway, let's get right to our resident car nerd, Nick Neckvoglod. One of the best feelings of the car chase, mid-90s, Smashing Pumpkins are touring after releasing Melancholy and the infinite sadness. Before the band comes on, they have this big screen above the stage, lights go out, then they start playing the bullet car chase. When McQueen is peeling out full throttle, the light comes on and the pumpkins launch into bullet with butterfly wings, which us oldies know is one of the biggest hits. It was epic. That's fucking rad. What a cool story. <laughs> fucking seriously. That's awesome, man. I'm loving your comment as we speak on Facebook. Love. Who do you got, pal? <laughs> I got just a really quick one from uh, Steve Lewer. Little useless info for you. I was named after Steve McQueen. When I was born, the nurse said I looked more like Robert Redford, which inspired my parents to name my little brother, Robert. 
Told you it was useless info. Boring too. There you go. That's so <laughs> weird that he came right. out of his mom's vagina looking like a so grown right. man. Right? Wrinkles and all. That's and a so cigarette. A lit cigarette, no less. Like, could you imagine that, though? Like, ah, just push. Ah, and then Robert <laughs> Rivers fucking shoots out of her puss. And he's like, I'll pay your husband a million dollars to sleep with you. <laughs> uh, A.K.A. climb back in. <laughs> a million? Come on. Come on, Woody Harrelson. You know you want to pay me. I'm going to give you a million dollars to fuck your Demi Moore wife. Come on. But, Get sir, that. you were literally just born. I know. It don't matter. <laughs> I'm Robert Redford. I'm ready. No, I kind of think he looks like Steve McQueen, though. Shut up, bitch. <laughs> <clears throat> That's the actual story. So there you go, Steve. Hopefully that there does not go. offend you. <clears throat> when I say things like shoots out of his mom's puss. It's kind of weird. Swoop. That's um, the sound of it. Swoop. <laughs> Danny Fouch <laughs> sent an email. Everyone loves this movie for its iconic car chase. Steve McQueen being the coolest motherfucker around in the amazing soundtrack. I love this movie for Robert Vaughn crushing all of the dicks as D.A. Chalmers. He makes this movie as awesome as it is. Good stuff, Danny. He also says, this movie is cops versus politics. Most of the meaning underlying the dialogue is contained in inflection and look and in uh, significant looks. When Bullet's captain hangs both their asses out in the breeze so Bullet can solve the case, there's no big speech. He conveys it all with Frank and a look. Chalmers never yells at anyone in this movie. He just makes moves to nullify the threat to his ambition. When I watch Star Wars Rogue One and see director Krennic emoting, I compare him to Chalmers and find Krennic to be the lesser character. <clears throat> oh, yeah. Agreed. Yeah. But I would say Mendelssohn is a great actor in his own right. Oh, absolutely. By the way, you got to watch that. Fuck, you got to watch him in, is it Bloodline or Bloodlines? I think it's just Bloodline on Netflix. Oh, yeah. I've seen the first episode of that. Oh, was that good. first season, he is continue. terrific. I need to. Anyway, put that on the shelf right next to um, Army of Darkness. You'll get around to mm-hmm. it. Right there. Yep, 2075. I had the good fortune to see this in the theater as a as a 50th anniversary showing, and it was fantastic. The digital age has preserved these old movies in a state better than original. No pop scratches or skips like when they were originally released. Thanks for covering this amazing movie from a great year of movies, 1968. Daniel Fouch, thank you very much for being a continued presence on the LSG in, in, with LSG Media. You've been around a long time. You've been very supportive of us. Um, and, uh, you've, you've, uh, you've helped us as well. So hopefully you enjoyed us talking about this movie and I thank you not just of course for the business, but I thank you very much for, uh, for, uh, this pick because I enjoy the shit out of this movie. Same. And for always fucking being there in the chat, being good and interesting, fucking super. Yeah, man. Absolutely. You, uh, clearly know this movie better than we do. You saw it 30 fucking times. (laughs) There you go. Anyway, um... Do you have any final thoughts, or do you have any more comments? Just want to go to final thoughts. Oh, I do have one quick one from uh, Johnny Butters Marginson. Car chasing this movie could use more modern CGI. Ah, I love him. He's trolling you. (laughs) (laughs) What else does he do? God bless him. He's slippery, though. Makes great art and trolls rubes. That's all he does. I tell you, me and him and Nathan are in a a group chat, and... uh, (laughs) And, Where you're just insufferable cunts all the time. And it's awesome. And I think it's been, I, I'll, I'll be honest with you, uh, John's going to get mad I'm outing him. I think it's been very good for him. It's, it's kept him from, from routinely just slaking his bloodthirst on random passersby on Facebook. <laughs> so that's, 
so he has finally reversed it. So he's Mr. Jekyll on Facebook and Mr. Hyde in your text thread. <laughs> no, we, it's, it's, we, have, we have awesome chats in that little thing. It's a good time. That's awesome. Um, well. Yeah. Well, so I love this movie. So, yeah. Me too. It's fucking fantastic. It. It's, it's just, really good. Um, it's just so solid. There's nothing wrong with it. Right. <laughs> like it's just, it's, a, it's another one of those movies where I feel like it's been a while since I've said this. But it's just – it knows exactly what it is, and it, it just lives that out. Everybody is perfectly cast. The characters are – there's depth behind them even though we don't have to get into that depth. They just full they feel fleshed out and real and sure of themselves. The movie is sure of itself. The fucking car ch- chase is just like what else do we even have to say? It's the car chase from Bullet. Like mm-hmm. it's fucking stellar. It's fantastic. It set the standard for car chases in movies. Um, I love it, man. It's a Me solid too. fucking movie. Yeah, it's it's interesting. It doesn't ever try to do too much. I mean, if you wanted to nitpick, you could say the guy got facial surgery. That's kind of kind of <laughs> that's, crazy. Kind of wow. Yeah, it's pretty fucking nitpicky. <laughs> it's kind of a crazy sell. Like, the, yeah, you're gonna make an 18 minute video on YouTube about that? No, analyzing it. No, but that's my point. But I'm not gonna not fucking bring it up because the movie's yeah, awesome. Shit. It's dumb, yeah. but that's okay. The movie's still awesome. Right. They probably paid for his plastic surgery. They were like, ah, it's, this is just more cherries on top. We're going to unuglify that face. You get to live with your <laughs> wife on a tropical island. It's going to be great. Yeah, I guess, but it's kind of stupid. <laughs> but it's an awesome movie that I love. So yeah. everybody fucking relax. Um, yeah, man. The, the level of expertise on Showcase, the stoicism of, of McQueen's performance as Bullet. Uh, Chalmers is a, is a great slimy kind of politician who, like Dan pointed out a couple times here, keeps his cool the whole time, never really blows up. And uh, even in, in defeat, we see him confidently sitting in the back of his vehicle with a newspaper onto the next thing that he can exploit. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So uh, solid shit. Um, just cool performances. I liked Dr. Willard. These little side things. Delgetti's great. We don't get the, I mean, they don't do a ton, but just, just solid stand-up dudes. No bullshit. Nobody's doing yuck yucks. It's not like there's a fucking fast, wise cracking asshole. Yes. Oh, fuck off. God. Everyone's a stand up comedian now. I'm sick of it. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. <laughs> really agreed on that point. So good shit, man. Good pick. Awesome movie. I'm really glad we did it. And uh, we'll be doing our member vote next week, actually. Mm-hmm. Apocalypse Now. Yeah, man. Apocalypse Now, the big fat winner. Dude. I'll tell you. What a movie. Yeah, it is. I'm I'm happy to be talking about it. I, I I wasn't I wasn't pulling for it though. Me neither, to be honest. <laughs> I wasn't pulling for it. Um, I was pulling for Taxi Driver. I was pulling for There Will Be Blood. Yeah, I know. It's a great fucking movie. But um, Taxi Driver is great too. Yeah, I feel like Taxi Driver is more fun to discuss. But I could be wrong. Who knows? I just I wanted to I wanted to get I wanted to keep it gritty. But uh, anyway, in the in that poll was Apocalypse Now, Black Swan, One Floor of the Cuckoo's Nest, Taxi Driver, and There Will Be Blood. The, the poll theme was March Madness, meaning <laughs> they're all kind of crazy, which is great. So awesome job to Johnny Butters. The aforementioned Johnny That's Butters. That's a tough poll. Great poll, yeah. great movies. I'd love Good to cover poll. them all, to be honest with you. Yeah, same. <clears throat> I don't like most people. <laughs> so good <laughs> shit. Um, I will, uh, and that'll be next week, so we can drop it the last Monday of the month. So, Apocalypse Now. We're not doing the fucking plus 30-minute version. We're doing the regular version. And, not the redux. Uh, yeah, we're not getting into all that shit. I mean, I'm not. You guys can watch whatever you want, but I'll be, I'll be talking about the fucking normal release. 
And um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. That'll be a lot of fun. And then yeah, after that, after Apocalypse Now, the week after, we'll be doing, I think, Men in Black, which I'm not looking forward to at all. <laughs> <laughs> so you want me to be honest? There you go. Wow. Because after that, we that have movie. a strong run of four movies. Munich, Transformers 86, The Witch, and Legend. Boy. Yeah. Getting boy, dark. Oh boy. So yeah. Getting real dark. I do remember liking Men in Black. I'm just not sure I'm looking forward to covering it. Yeah, no, I agree. I'm a little, ooh. So we'll see. <laughs> this could be Spaceballs again. So that is one, two, so, so, so we, with a monthly after that, we have one, two, three, four, five, six more bounties. One, two, three, four, five more bounties after Bullet. Um, and we, we think we're landing on a system we're going to use. Um, it's not going to be flawless. We're not going to sell a million bounties. We're, they're going to be very limited quantity. And um, that's all I'm going to tell you for now. So if you are interested in bounties, uh, pay close attention to your emails. Play close, play, play close, Jesus, pay close attention to the Illuminati Facebook group because um, we'll be kind of rolling out how that's going to work in the future. And, um, and that's that. And uh, there'll be limited quantity and they'll be sold uh, periodically, almost in season, so to speak. There we go. And that's it. I guess I've, I've already said too much. So, Matthew, thank you very much <laughs> for joining us. Matthew. Daniel, thank you very much. <laughs> Glad to be here, Dave. <laughs> Daniel, thank you. I, I, I'm done. It's 1.30 in the morning. I'm fucking Dude's roasted. brain's fried. I'm yeah, fucking we're done. dead. Okay. Yeah. Thank you, Daniel. <laughs> thank you, Matthew. Thank you, thank LSG. You, Have a great night. Goodbye. <laughs>